everyone, and welcome to the ninth episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is one of your hosts, m 3 And this is one of your other hosts, Liam Land. So, uh, UG Hori was in New York recently. Um, in a recent tweet, he posted some photos from New York City where he stated what he stated was a business trip. So here's the official hodgepodge Google translation of that original Japanese post. Um, I am in New York, a three-day, five-day bullet business trip. You know, those three-day, five-days bullet business trips can be pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. but um, It's pretty cold. It's true. From what I saw, it was snowing there when he was yeah, there. Yeah, and... Uh, this is the part that that's I found most interesting. The uncle was so shiny that I could only touch it. I mean, I hate it when naked uncles are so shiny you can only touch them. But I really <laughs> think that was a weird translation. Yeah, um, I'm sure that was something he was talking about. Yeah, there was a statue he posted of a heavy set naked man somewhere, probably nearby where he was staying. So probably had to do with that. But <laughs> love the translation. But yeah, the, ultimately the takeaway was he was here on business. We don't know what business, and there's been no activity from Square Enix marketing or evidence that any of the marketing team was in New York at all. So we're left with wondering and waiting for a new 2020 announcement. Uh, any idea what it might mean? Um, I'd like to think he was scouting locations for a possible DQ Walk release. Um, he went to a jazz standard, a jazz club on East 27th Street. I don't know. Maybe he hit a golem in the court in the in the bathroom there or something. Ooh. Man, I'd hate to walk into that bathroom without a fairy flute. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, okay, so uh, two people we don't need to play the fairy flute to get rid of. We've got uh, two guests today. They are regulars at the Dragon's Den. Um, We'd like to welcome to today's podcast, Drippy Star Slime. Oh, sorry, Drippy Slime Star and Matt Craft. Right? Hello. And Matcraft, you recently, uh, or recently, I guess, over the past few years, you changed your name to Ryu. It was the other way around from Ryu to Matcraft, but it's still the same on the den. Yeah, it went back because in one of the dens, we had a problem like a year and a half ago in April where some of the backup got lost for a couple weeks, and I think that's when you went back to Ryu. So. If oh, seen... okay. That was that was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was like a year ago, April. But okay. either way, you, you might have seen him post there over the years as either one of those. But uh, hey, right away, guys, what do you think uh, Hori might have been doing in New York City? I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely walk. Um, Hori, Yuji Hori. If, if anything, he would go to Los Angeles to like go meet up with Square Enix. Like, so it's really weird. He's on the East Coast for business and. Yeah. You know, with New York having all those sites and stuff like that, kind of like Pokestops for, for Pokemon Go. Yeah, I mean, that that's just what I thought was, was definitely a DQ walk. Well, what if he was just trying to find a place to put well, another Luida's bar? Oh, that would be fantastic. Oh, man, that'd be cool. Yeah. Liam, we, my wife there. and I would be coming back up next summer. Yeah, I'd yep, be there every day. Be, I'd be going up to New York if that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all sure he stopped by the Nintendo store to pick up some merchandise. Probably. I mean, why wouldn't you? He didn't post any photos of that, but yeah. Now, none of you think that, uh, what is it, Dragon Quest of the Stars is a big enough reason to come to New York? Uh, that's kind of already in the works, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're already getting it, I think. So, yeah. Oh, oh, we are. Yeah, yeah the best beta finished up. It, 
Unless those fucking Canadians, they ruined everything for us, and now we're not going to get it. They all screwed up the beta, and sorry, we're now canceling. Canada ruined it. Blame Canada. We can just go right back to South Park. Right. Canada, we don't like you. Yeah, I was just like that, like five minutes before we started this, we're like, should we curse on this podcast? And probably just feel <laughs> the deal. Well, right there we go. There. How, how many minutes into this did we? Uh, it lasted five minutes. Yeah, right. Sorry, everyone. So, uh, so I... Drippy, Drippy, I had the pleasure of meeting you at this year's PAX East. And... Yeah, I'd uh, like to apologize for being so awkward. That's just kind of how I am. I still haven't gotten over it, but yeah. It was, uh, uh, I did it was, not was... notice that at all. <laughs> you, you, were, you were busy. Yeah, I had yeah, I had some friends with me, and you know, but it was nice to meet uh, you and Westy and you know, take a picture with you guys. It was great. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it was um, great you know, seeing Westy there, too. Yeah, you and, know, uh, if, if you come back out you know, for 2020, that will, we can definitely meet up again. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I completely understand that you had like you know when you're there with a with a group of people at any con, it's like hard enough to meet up because everyone wants to do their own thing. But like when you do get that group that like wants to stay together, I completely understand that. Yeah. So and uh, Matt and I co-hosted an episode of Slime Time during its second incarnation uh, with Denison, uh, who went by the name of Tesla. Now I I don't think he still goes by that name, but uh, at the time he was Tesla, and and that ultimately ultimately ended up getting lost in the editing process and was actually never produced that episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You already coasted a Slime Time episode with another Matt? Wow. <laughs> You've got a type. Yeah, yeah. This is not the first time. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Platty. Oh, man. <laughs> so there is a lost episode of Slime Time version 2 out there about Dragon Quest 2. If, uh, if we ever have Tesla... Um, on someday, we can always ask him about how that's coming along. It was about five years ago, though, so my mic probably sucks worse than it does on the Slime Time episodes one and two. Ooh, is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, well, enough, like, of, enough I, cracking on like Liam. Microphone or something like that? What's that? Wasn't that like an iPad microphone or something like that? You do sound much better now, so... Oh, yeah. Well, the first two episodes I had my wife's DJ headphones, mm. which were like these old beat-up uh, headphones that she used to use when she was a DJ in Japan. Nice. And uh, and she was just going to throw them out. And I was like, oh, these are pretty cool headphones. I'll, you know, I'll take them. And then I beat them up even more, and they eventually started sounding like that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't beat up your wife's stuff. Take that as a lesson <laughs> from... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, enough about us. Um, so, Drippy and um, Ryu, we're going to start with your 10 questions before we get to tonight's main event. We will be talking about Dragon Quest Three here in a little bit. But uh, first, let's get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, Drippy, you can start, and when you're done, we'll uh, let Ryu go into this one. But, uh, Drippy, how did you get into Dragon Quest as a series? So, Dragon Quest, it's kind of a three-part thing for me. Uh, I remember on my ninth birthday, I got my uh, teal Game Boy Color with Pokemon Yellow and Super Mario Land, six golden coins, and a uh, my first copy of uh, Dragon Warrior 3 for the Game Boy Color. Uh, more on the second copy later. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really get too, too much into it, um, you know, because I was kind of a stupid kid, didn't really understand JRPGs, and uh, for other reasons, uh, my copy of Dragon Warrior 3 was taken. So, a couple years ago, uh, I was sitting at work, and I was thinking about Dragon Warrior 3 on the Game Boy Color, and I'm like, man, I really want to play that again. So I bought a copy on eBay. Never really got into it, but I ended up buying um, 4, 5, and 6 
and 9 on the DS. But it wasn't really until 7 and 8 came out on the 3DS, um, and it was 8 that really got me back into the series. I played it in 2017, um, you know, before before 11 arrived and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's been going ever since. I'm, I just started up 7, and uh, that's the last one I got to play to finish off the main series. Nice. That's a long one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a long game. You'll you'll be a. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's what. Oh I'm yeah, no, not not your response. I mean, the game itself. Like you're probably gonna dead. You're gonna you're gonna take some time with that one. <laughs> yeah, I cleared my schedule for it. Make sure that I give my full attention to it. There you go. And Ryu, how'd you get into Dragon Quest? Well, mine's gonna sound a little bit cliche, but it was thanks to my Mima. She got me my first Game Boy, Tetris, Dragon Quest One and Two, right when it came out. And I got into Dragon Quest further on from there through breaking my first Game Boy because I decided that I wanted to join the Dragon Lord. And my, <laughs> my Meemaw was asking me, well, why did you want to join the bad guy? And I said, well, he offered me half the world. I don't see how that could be that bad. I still have the princess in my arms and everything. Well, maybe you, <laughs> you, maybe you had the foresight of knowing that you would be creating the world of Dragon Quest Builders. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's thanks to you that we have builders now, so thanks for that. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, right after that, uh, she gave me my cr- uh, my Christmas present early, which was a Pokemon Yellow Game Boy Color and a copy of Dragon Quest Three, and, of course, Pokemon Yellow. So nice. from there... From there, I actually kind of forgot about the series for a while because, you know, we didn't get Dragon Quest V and all that on the Super Nintendo... Then I, when I was in high school, I emulated it all, and then I eventually just started buying the DS releases and so on, so so on, so forth from there. Mobile forever. <laughs> you are the mobile proponent on the den, big time. Mm-hmm. So, what is, what is your favorite uh, game in the series, um, uh, Ryu? Since you were, you were just uh, gone, let's let's start with you. Honestly. Five, I think, with its darker storyline and the fact that it. Oh, if you want to think about it, I think it came out before Pokemon, so it kind of created the monster catching thing. Yeah, no, so, definitely. We between that, uh, I've heard, I've heard that, and like some of the original uh, Shin Megami uh, series had some mm-hmm. monster changing as well. Mm-hmm. So basically, you could pretty much create your own party as the game went along, and no spoilers, but the hero ain't nothing compared to a go- to a golem. <laughs> Yeah, Gollum is Gollum's pretty solid, mm-hmm. pretty solid uh, monster to have in your party. Uh, what about spinoffs? Uh, honestly, I've always liked the tor- the mystery dungeon series with uh, Tornado. Oh yeah, those are fun. So yeah, yeah, I'm actually playing Dragon Warrior Monsters right now because that's a series that I never really got into, and. I'm part like going through the maps and stuff on the on the Game Boy Color. I'm kind of f- missing that whole Torneco styled game. Sadly, um, that's sadly that's com- something you really have to emulate. What's that? Or the Torneco? Yeah. No, I mean I still have my PS uh, my PS One disc for that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the, yep. the sequel sequels on uh, on PlayStation. I forgot that was on the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. I think Platy and I like we we went through a like a hodgepodge translation that was wasn't completely finished for Torneco one for uh super famicom mm-hmm. uh, it was playable but like kind of just barely yeah i mean i wouldn't call it the best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> 
it we'll wasn't have, like wow this, this, this they nailed this one we'll have it, yeah we'll have those translators on on the podcast someday and just ask them crap okay. well i hope what they don't the listen to this episode <laughs> <laughs> but uh all right drippy what 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 about your favorite game in the series uh so yeah three is my favorite um i've said it many times in the den i don't think it's the best dragon quest game i think that's 11 but three just is my favorite um nostalgic reasons i think you know it was one of the first games i ever got um yeah it's it's just three is my favorite yeah i can understand that it also set it's it was it set the standard for a lot in in the series um yeah yeah you see a lot of callbacks to it and and that's every time i see a callback to it in one of the other games i get you know a pretty big smile because i'm like oh that's from three and you know get all excited <laughs> and stuff so yeah and even three calls back to like the earlier games. exactly yeah they all kind of yeah go into each other yeah uh what about spinoffs so yeah, I haven't really played a lot of the spin-offs. I mean, I have Joker 1 and 2. I have the PS1 uh, Torneco game, and uh, I played the hero games in Monsters. I mean, I haven't really gotten into the spin-offs, so I, I can't really think of a favorite because I haven't put more than probably an hour into any of them. Have you tried Builders at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, Builders 1 and 2, actually, duh. Uh, yeah, the first one I didn't really get into, and the second I got to uh, the second main island, and I just kind of fell off it. I know on the den we we had that, you know, Dragon Quest Builders 2 uh, progress, where we were all kind of talking about it when it came out, and um, yeah, I, I hadn't played it since. But those, yeah, those are pretty fun. I like those as well. Yeah, I especially like going on to the, uh, the Facebook group for for the builders and just seeing all of this amazing stuff that everyone builds there that I would never be able to <laughs> even think yeah. of like think I, I can't even think that way and it's but like the main really sorry amazing, go ahead amazing architects and artists on that on that uh, Facebook page that do some really amazing work yeah and all of you in it. that Facebook group that play the drinking game that goes along with slime time now's your time to drink Liam has <laughs> mentioned your group you don't have to wait till the end start start doing shots now okay <laughs> I didn't think I that will. was a thing but apparently it is <laughs> I think we've brought that up pretty much every episode but it is cool it's a really cool group if uh whether you're creative or you're in the dirt castles like Liam and I um yeah. I could whip up a I could whip up an amazing dirt castle. Yeah. You you can either be amazed or just be like, holy cow, I will never do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Drippy. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say, uh the, the official, you know, Dragon Quest Facebook page, I know I think it's what Friday they have this fan creations and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And yeah. Stuff oh, that they yeah. show there, it's like, dude. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's something that Mishi had started, um, mm -hmm. where where she just grabs like a, a what, what do they call it fan fan build Friday or something like that. Yeah, I know they they tie that. Yeah, they tie Friday into it somehow. Yeah, um, which is you know, there's always great work to pull from from that group. Like there's that one the one guy um, uh, who built the entire map of uh, of uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of looking at that. I think there's a YouTube like series or video about it too. I haven't watched much of it, but it's yeah. insane the stuff that people can do. Yeah, I mean, they they build these gigantic castles and mansions, and and one guy even built the Starship Enterprise uh, <laughs> because you can place blocks in the middle of the sky if you like, um, if you create like your own platform to reach it, and then yeah, and then you can just kind of like floating there. <laughs> 
Yep, yep. <laughs> but, uh... uh Alright, um, Drippy, we'll continue with you um, here. Do you have a favorite character in the games you played in the series? Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed 4, and everybody in 4 was really fun to be around, but my favorite uh, was definitely Torneco, um, just this big, goofy-looking <laughs> merchant. It's really, it really sucks that he's not that good of a, like, fighter, so I never really had him in my team, but it was nice just having his company alongside us. <laughs> yeah, he, he's definitely one of the better ones mm. in terms of uh, humor and just being, uh, just being an awesome party member. I mean, he got three of his own games, so he must have been doing something right. That, exactly. He was popular enough to uh, start his own series there. Yep. And uh, Ryu, what's one of your favorite characters? Well, my thunder just got stolen because I was going to say Tornado <laughs> to Luna as well. So that uh, that's okay. It's no, not... there's no thunder. We can we can all we can all share the thunder. But uh, if not Tornado, then I'm going to have to honestly say the hero from one. I mean, if wow. you think about it, the only thing he has to his name at the beginning of the game is. He's the descendant of El- of Loto. I'm just going to say Loto because it's easier right now. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually by the end of the game, you even have the option of holding the princess in your arms, going all the way to the dragon lord and kicking his ass. Yeah. So I mean, from a bamboo sword and stick to the revered legendary weapons and armor of your ancestor. Come on, dude's a powerhouse. He can go through the entire game by himself. He don't need no friends. Well, technically speaking, he is only doing one-on-one fights with monsters. But yeah, definitely uh, that there's a lot of replay value in that first game. Um, that's probably one of the games I've replayed the most just because it's so short. Um, but it's also so classic. It really is. Um, so any any characters that rub you the wrong way? Mm, let me think. This is going to sound weird, but Mina, m- not Mina, Maya and Mina, the twins from Dragon Quest IV. <laughs> yep. It's... Uh, are, you, are you talking NES version, or are we talking like the hero, like Heroes and uh, DS remake, or mobile the D- remake? The mobile remake, because Party I used... I used them, but for some reason, they just always rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like twins in general. They just creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> I blame like the they're, they're starting their sentences and ending them at the same time. And you're going, oh, God, no, they're going to get me. Oh, yeah, like the twins from Cobra. Yep. Veronica and Serena, at least they're... One is short. <laughs> yeah, and Veronica is one of the best characters in the whole like series. So there's that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh God! Did uh, uh did it creep you out in like the CGI scenes where Veronica's big? Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> it, I'm looking at it like, wait a minute, what? How did? And then at the end of it, like, wait a minute, why did she stay stay tall? Why don't I get an outfit for that? Come on! <laughs> I don't think I'd want her to stay tall. Because, yeah, I see that and I'm like, I'm also never seeing that again. <laughs> JP, how about I, you? I, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I'm surprised. I was going to say, I'm surprised there is no, you know, spoilers a little bit here. It, they never added anything for her to age up, really. Like that that was something. Again. Yeah, I mean. That's it, fine kind, to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like with Dragon Quest Seven. You would think at some point in the remake they would have, you know, they gave a little tiny five-minute nod to Kiefer later on, but, you know. Yeah. 
I every the big rumor was that you know Kiefer would be playable again at some point in the remake, and they never did. But yeah, you know, that it's a solid design choice both times, and they stuck with it. And props right. to them. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, even in nine, you have a character. I won't spoil it, but in nine, there's a character who like dies in the plot, but you get him if you unlock the um, the appropriate quests, you can you can get him back. Yeah. So, very like kind of Kieferish moment. Uh, I, that's one of the things I always thought was missing from Seven, uh, because he is such a great character, and then he's gone. <laughs> so you're telling me he's not going to stick around in my party? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's even gone before. Well, he he, he, he does oh, leave pretty early. I, I do remember that. Uh, he just, yeah. No, no, he's he's the, he's there forever. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, so, characters that rub you the wrong way, besides people who give you spoilers. Uh, not so much. I, I mean, so yeah, I have my notes. Uh, Kiefer, though, I haven't played much of Seven, anyways. But um, I, it sounds like I really won't have to worry about him. I would say probably uh, <laughs> uh, Nevin. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Nevin. Uh, Nevin yeah. It's not even. Nevin's just a little dork, and his only use is to sit in my cart and use his MP to heal up my team in a dungeon. Because uh, Millie's better. Millie's yeah. a better Nevin. And I, I don't know. I just I don't like how Nevin looks. I don't like how he acts. He's just really. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a pretty strange design. <laughs> I, I didn't. You know, look at, going back to when I first played on a an emulator ages ago like i didn't really know what he was supposed to be i didn't know what his head was supposed to look like i actually and... didn't know what gender he was yeah i'm not 100 percent sure i did either i was like yeah. this is just some sort of a whack job not strong random person that's joining my party the second i could you were like you said right. in the big in the wagon healing people and that was it yep so you know, uh, <laughs> go ahead Ryu. i've got one for ones that rubbed me the wrong way carol from Dragon Quest IV. Oh, shots fired. He, <laughs> he totally, he totally should have acted on his feelings. Oh, all right. So for, for, for like, character reasons. Yeah. And had a duty. Didn't let it get in his way. <laughs> he never freaking acted on his feelings with Elena. And it just killed me. It's like, I like Elena, but I don't know what to do. Ask her out, you... I think that... That's like why he's a great metaphor for so many of us. <laughs> I'll exactly. drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I love that guy. But I have a question: Was that like plotline at all in the NES version? I think it was. I never played the NES version. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, either. I think there were allusions to it that he had a crush on her. But like again, there's no party chat in that. So. Yeah. But I think like, isn't there like a, a, a bookshelf or there's something where you find a diary and, it, and it's like written by him. Uh, I think they're very pretty. Be. Yeah, I, I'd have to go back and that that'll be my next playthrough of that <laughs> game. Will be playing the, uh, the the NES version. If it ever ends up on Nintendo Switch Online, I will definitely play it. Oh yeah, I mean, look, we got the first three. You never know. Well, it's not on the Switch yet, but I think it might be. Maybe that's what Hori was was doing in New York. Shoot. But, but promoting the NES remake of uh yeah. just put that up as the next contest for Lightspeed Champion. Oh and oh. <laughs> oh contest. They have they've they've so diminished in the years. Sorry about that everyone. Alright, well getting away. <laughs> I mean the ones that we still do, they're they're really fun, so yeah. 
All right, so speaking of really fun stuff, Maria, we'll start with you here. Um, what are your favorite game mechanics in Dragon Quest games? What What do you look for? Like the ones with job classes, or what are some of the favorite things you look for in a DQ game? I'm going to be honest. I like casinos. Yes. I, I like the idea... <laughs> I'm playing right now. <laughs> especially early on in the game, I've always liked being able to break it. Like the casinos, the pachinko boards, TNT, whatever you want to call it. Uh, anything with random chance. It's just interesting to me. Hey, shout out to... Uh, what? And I'm going to butcher this name. Aust Nerevar, one of oh, our denizens. What did you say? Aust Nerevar? Could Is it be. A-U-S-T? We'll on to find out. Erdrick, Erdrick, whatever. Um, but he, he did say, Ryu, what you're saying. You know, he, he wanted to give a shout out and wanted to hear about how that's the best thing ever. Those uh, TNT boards, the Pachisi, and it should be in every Dragon Quest game. No every video game period so (laughs) you are not the only one that feels that way is that being an awesome uh part of dragon quest games i could definitely go wrong though too it was in it was in the uh game boy color version and the super famicom version if i remember correctly but you Mm -hmm. land on the wrong square and your strength could got well your strength could go up or down depending on like how Mm -hmm. lucky you are and was that a permanent change? Because I remember doing that. It, oh my god! Yes. Really? Yeah, it was. Because wow. I remember uh, abusing save state to avoid having my stuff go down. <laughs> I abused save states just to get the jackpots and casinos. So. Oh yeah, same here. But you can't do that in. Uh, well, I guess you could do that. Don't, 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 no, no, don't even talk about eleven. Oh no, don't. no, I'm not even talking about that. I was. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I abuse save states in eleven's casino, but. Um, I mean, as much as you can, but, uh, but yeah, for four, four's difficulty for casino is brutal. It's like, there's no, I think you have to basically bet on monster battles because, and even that's not like a, there's no really solid way of predicting it, even though there's like all a bunch of predictions listed on game facts. Yeah. Oh man. When I was, when I was young, I played double or nothing for hours on end. With the, um, what is it, uh, video poker. And then if you win, you do the double or nothing. That's yeah. how I made all my coins. You I did never... it without save state? No, I did it without save state. I did just, oh, just normal saving. I did it back on the NES days. I, I will, I'll admit, I never made it very far. I don't think I ever had the uh, metal slime gear or whatever that was the biggest prizes back then. But Yeah, I think that, that game makes me anxious, so <laughs> I don't do that without the save state. <laughs> oh, that, that one's rough. That's rough. I know uh, Nino Cooney had something like that, I thought, with one of theirs. Maybe not. I, I, I just thought I remember playing it somewhere recently, the high-low. Yeah. Um, yeah or was it Dragon Quest Eleven had it? Or I don't know. Well, Dragon Quest Eleven has it, but Nino Cooney has one as well um, in their casino. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like blackjack, and then you can basically bet your winnings on the next game to double or nothing. Right, yep, because I, I just played Nino Kuni, the original one, for mm-hmm. the first time a couple of months ago, and man, I, I spent a lot of time in that casino. <laughs> Some say it's the greatest game of all time. I am one of those people. Nice. <laughs> I did enjoy it. <laughs> Screw the battle system, but I enjoyed the game. I'll accept that. <laughs> Um, so All right, Drippy- so, yeah, I was gonna say, Drippy. What about uh, what about your favorite game mechanics? Yeah, I mean, I like the class systems, like in three and six, and I know seven has their own class systems. Uh, you know, I never really stuck around the casinos like you guys were just talking about, but one 
I guess, mechanic is the metal slimes and how, if you don't have a lot of time to play, you know, you can kind of find where they hang out and hope to kill a couple and, you know, raise your level up pretty quickly in a pretty small amount of time. Uh, and definitely, you know, the overworld uh, encounters has, has helped that out recently. You're going to, um, you played uh, 8 on the 3DS, right? Yes, I did. Yep. Oh, that is one of the best ways to just yeah that camera. you could rotate the ca- i remember yeah i know the exact spot too yeah you would just rotate the camera and if there wasn't a metal slime you rotate it the other way and yeah made that game pretty easy nice. it did that was like so exploitable i yep. loved it absolutely <laughs> um so any games in the dq franchise uh they haven't gotten around to playing that you want to uh well i mean seven up until well, i think it was like two days ago um and some of the spinoffs, I mean, I have I have basically all of them. Um, I'd like to play, uh, what is it, Fortune Street a little bit more. I played that on the Wii um, and was like, well, I'm bad at this and just kind of tucked it away. So, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe get back to that one day. Um, I, yeah, but I'm just focusing on the main, the main series right now. Nice. Yeah, I, I tried Fortune Street on the Wii too, but again, I, I, I liked it in concept, but there was this whole like stock market that they added to it mm. that I, I couldn't wrap my brain around and yep. like adding something like that to a monopoly style game yeah if it was like just straight monopoly i think i would have liked it a lot more but yeah you start adding these different mechanics and yeah it just got weird yeah you got to do your taxes oh, mm-hmm. oh come on wimps i beat the ds version all the way in japanese <laughs> long before google translate <laughs> I remember sitting in a hotel in room. Too? God knows. I, I'll tell you, that was so long ago. I remember sitting in a hotel room in St. Augustine, beating it on a vacation one time ages ago. But I it, I don't know. It, it wasn't too different from the Wii version. It might have had it. But, I mean, again, I played it completely in Japanese. So, I mean, I was kind of just looking at a little hints online on Game FAQ and just hoping I would win. I cleared all the boards and maybe five or six hours and was like okay i'm done with that (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing anyway but i won so there might have been i don't know if i ever played with it fair enough um ryu how about you any games in the dq franchise you haven't gotten around to playing yet that you want to well i'm gonna have to say builders i played the demo for it for a little while for the first one but it made me just want to play it more I'm waiting to see if I can find it in a store for a good price before I buy into it, though, because it looks like Minecraft and plays like it. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I mean, even if you don't have design skills, like Platy and I had a, had a lot of fun with with uh, with Builders One, and I, I didn't get as much time on, into uh, Builders Two, unfortunately. But I still plan on going back to it when I have uh, some spare time. I plan on going. I plan on getting Builders Two eventually. Mm-hmm. Maybe they squ- just. Maybe I know you've square. got Twitch. They've mm-hmm. got. Uh, they went the uh, kind of Dragon Quest Eleven route with that one. They just had an expanded demo. Mm-hmm. Just, I saw that. Mm-hmm, where you can play quite a bit because hmm. I think you can play all the way through the first island yeah i think it's like 10 hours like it's oh it's i was gonna say size. yeah if you can go through the first island because that game took me 60 some hours to beat and there were four or five main areas so yeah it, that first one definitely was long wow that switch getting more uh get more content than we do on the ps4 Jeez, we've already got what three six dragon quest games on it when you think 
you got both builders and eleven and one two three. That's another possibility. Is a, it, there's been some rumors floating around about uh, DQ Heroes one and two for the Switch, which came out in Japan only. But you know maybe that's what Hori San was uh, Hori Sensei was uh, was here in New York to talk about. Who knows? Potential nope. Western release of the of the, the Switch version, which adds uh, Ragnar um, as a character, a playable character. I actually and just started a download for the demo. Thanks, guys. For for builders, oh, for builders oh, yeah. too. Yeah, awesome. Nice. So that's what you're going to be playing the rest of the night. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I'm on DSL. I don't know when it's going to go. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you in a month when it gets there. Yeah, if you kick off, <laughs> if you kick off the podcast, we'll know it's you. You were you were favoring the download. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Let's see. Oh, I was doing a podcast with RP Gamer one time, and we brought up uh, Humble Bundles. And I meant, I kind of was joking about a Humble Bundle for all the Idea Factory games. And the host goes on, and he's looking at it, and he didn't want that. But all of a sudden, he noticed they had a Humble Bundle for, like, hundreds of Star Trek um, comic books from, like, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. He's like, holy crap, I, I can get all these from, like, 430 bucks <laughs> And he starts downloading them, and it dragged. He we had to pause and start the podcast again because it slowed his internet down too much. <laughs> that that was live right during the show. I think we were worth doing, it. Yep, it might have been at the end of our Dragon Quest Nine episode. <coughs> trying to think about which one I was doing at that time, but it was pretty funny. Nice. So, um, I think did we finish up that question? Yeah. I think yeah. yeah, okay. So Ryu, if you had to choose a Dragon Quest game to get the axe and be erased from history, not just you didn't like it, but no one should have ever played this. Do you have one that you think should have just be gone? Hmm. Is there anything that bad? Do I have to make a choice? That's the question. You don't have to. No. It, if you feel that everything at least deserves to exist in life. <laughs> At least all the Dragon Quest games, they may not be worth everybody's time, but they, they could at least exist. That's fine. Fair I enough. can't. I re- honestly cannot really think of it. Okay, that's fine. Drippy, you got one that uh, should just. Oh, do I? Uh, <laughs> so, and it's kind of a, for a selfish reason. Uh, you know, all the games add something to the series. They're all they're all good. Even even the bad ones. You know, like five um, add something to the series. Uh, the one five was bad. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Oh um, wow, that's a, <laughs> um, that's, a that's a fan favorite. That's, I think I know, that's not fired on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah I put out a tweet the other day about starting seven, and then um, uh, Austin from um, DQ uh, Dragon, but, yeah from FM uh, um, he said something about it, and I was like, yeah, I already played the bad ones. Um, you know, like five. And stuff like that. And that, that, oh, that kind wow. of cut off my mentions. Um, but anyways, um, I would ax uh, 10 because we're never going to get it anyways. And if we can't have it and I can't play it and spend, you know, $15 a month to play it, then nobody should have it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, half half our listeners are now just like running to Twitter, registering their disgust <laughs> at you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be uh, at, at Drippy Star Slime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said, is it Slime Star? Or? Yeah, Drippy Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Register all your disgust at Star thing. Slime. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, send it over to him, whoever that is. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, never going to watch your Twitch streams now, Drippy. 
<laughs> no, to each his own. I mean, I I like I like six a lot, and I know that a lot of people hate it, especially Platy. Um, when it when it comes to five, I have I have a uh, I don't like the Super Famicom version as much, but I like the DS version. Yeah, I mean, I I like six. Um, I didn't play the Super Famicom version. I only played um the DS version, I, and I liked it. Uh, the story was a little convoluted and with multiple worlds and stuff like that i'm kind of like well where do i go how does this all relate but um always the battle system and the classes changing and stuff like that you know uh like you had said the other day you know it kind of gets to the everybody's god mode and that's (laughs) fine with me um you know i can use all these skills that i've accumulated cool yeah yeah it's interesting what you can do if you master every single class and just have like all the entire party of god characters but at the same time i like the dynamic that nine adds where they put restrictions in so you have to um you know if you want to be a healer you you have to change to like a sage or a priest Mm -hmm. um and and that by adding that dynamic in, and i think they sort of took that for the remake of seven too and, and and applied some of that uh whereas the original of seven was similar to six where you have these god characters learning everything um but with the restrictions of nine now you have for multiplayer you have the ability to say like well i'll be the gladiator i'll be the priest i'll be the paladin um and and it defines your character class a little bit a little bit more mm-hmm um so have you ever uh have you ever purchased any official dragon quest merchandise or stuff made by fans and if so what have you bought uh yeah i i sent uh some pictures over to you guys you know before we started i've got you know a lot of figures i got zoma i have the dragon lord i have some um the square enix with the tato toy tato Taito. i got a killing machine and um a uh a restless armor the, the luminary and uh the uh, three hero bring art figures, but um, uh, Platy actually made me uh, perler beads of my final party for Dragon uh, Warrior three. So I have my hero, the uh, the warrior, my my uh, cleric and uh, sage, and um, and then actually um, Michi sold me her signed copy of uh, Dragon Quest six from actually the last time Yuji Hori was in. Uh, New York, I think, right? Or was I Los Angeles? Anyways, it's it's the prize thing in my possession. Um, and then, I, I don't know if it really counts as merch, but I have a Dragon Quest tattoo that I got back in, um, in August, so there's that. Yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. you, You're the merch now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you're your own merch. And that is okay with me. <laughs> nice. How about you, Rhea? Well, the merch I have was technically prizes, but I've got the big plastic Zoma where he's holding his hands out. Looks like he's going to massage you. That's the one I have. (laughs) I have, uh, I guess it would be a Metal King slime, a slime Mm -hmm. plush, a plastic slime, and I can't reach it and I don't want to stand up, but uh, the pink one is Wataboo, right? With the weird face from Dragon Quest Monsters? Or is it Waribu? Which one's which? Uh, oh, it's one or the other. I'm I know we're playing he... this right now. I should know this. Uh, Wa- w- Waribu isn't he the good one, and Waribu is the bad one. I can't remember. That sounds oh, like I, I believe the pink pull one. Ah! I believe. And everything just fell. <laughs> I believe the pink one's the bad one. The white, the white one's like on the box, right? Yeah. Let me see. I'll so just take a, I'm just gonna take a quick picture and send it. But yeah, look at that pretty face. 
Yeah, Wadaboo <laughs> Wadaboo is the good one, so the, the big okay. one will be the bad guy. Nice. I mean, I, it even... That's it only still has, series, right? It even yeah. still has a smile, the smile slime tag on the back of it. Wait the, a, flat, the paper one. Oh, wait a minute, the box has them. The guy in the front is blue. <laughs> then that's the good one. I got the bad one. We're all gonna die. <laughs> I swore one of them was white. Maybe it was... I don't know, it was in color. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe it's the whole. You, just... you were playing it on a Game Boy, regular Game <laughs> <I was> Boy. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe I'm thinking of the Platy Punk on uh, Terra's being white, but Terra's Adventure, the second one. Well, you know what? I'm looking. Okay, I think I'm thinking <coughs> of the original Game Boy color box for in Japan. The white ones on the front, right behind little uh, Terry. Interesting. They made him blue on our box. Hmm, weird. Alrighty, but um, I'm gonna ask you, Ryu, if you could cosplay. We started this bet question back in uh, was it Halloween time? If you could cosplay as a Dragon Quest character, or if you have already, what would you do? <clears throat> I'm gonna have to go into an old man voice for this one. <laughs> I want to be a bunny girl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Change my class and everything. I'm going to All Trades Abbey next week, you know. <laughs> I can't do Master Roshi, so. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I would go to All Trades Abbey, change my class, and be a bunny girl. Nice. That's great. Right. How about you, Drippy? Yeah, I'm not real. I mean, I had never even really thought about cosplay, but if I were to and get like a really nice costume and like get some really good help with it, I mean, I would like to be Erdrick. Um,. I don't have yet the physique, like Yangus was saying, um, for Yangus <laughs> or Torneco. Um, but, I mean, give me a few more years and I might be up there. So, for now, Erdrick, and a couple years, uh, Torneco. I'm not that short, but sadly, I'll be perfect for Torneco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Ryu, how did, you, how did you end up joining Dragon's Den? How long have you been there? Oh, Lord. Uh... Well, I've been on the den since 2010, and I think before that. But now that I think about it, I can't remember how I found it. It's been so long, I just kind of joined it and started posting on there. I think lately, over the past several years, I've been doing the rants and all that, and that's how I think I'm probably best known there. <laughs> I mean, your profile picture kind of matches up with, like, rants. It's this guy yelling at something, so <laughs> yeah. it kind of makes sense. No. That is Abin Hawkins from Abin Hawkins from and the One Thousand and One Spikes. I was mm. playing that and saw that cutscene at the very end of it, and I thought it's perfect. <laughs> Jippy, how about you? How did you end up joining the den? So on Twitter, there was the brag your DK yeah your DK your DQ swag contest, um, and I needed to register for an account to take part in it. So I ended up there. In 2018, I won uh, second place, actually, and I got a slime plushie um, as my prize. And I kind of didn't really get back into there uh, until around before when Builders 2 and like when um, Hero was announced for Super Smash Bros. That's kind of when I really got back in. And, you know, I'd, I'd check in every day and stuff like that and talk to everybody. Um, so, yeah, I haven't been there too, too long, but, you know, I enjoy my time there. Cool. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I don't. I don't think I realized that uh, that was a, the contest that uh, Platy and Westy and I uh, created to um, kind of promote merch. Um, it's kind of like merch awareness. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
you know, because I, I I would still believe that like if if um, the powers that be over at Square Enix see how much stuff that we import um, and and just start to start to get some of that uh, merch over here, that it would help the series. And yeah, we ended up doing that contest, and then I think that year at New York Comic Con they had slime plushies for the first time. Nice. Uh, I don't know how well they sold, but <laughs> I think that was for, <laughs> I think that was for Builders One the the release of that. But uh, but yeah, it was um, it was just cool to um, to have some merch represented for DQ net like up there next to like all the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah, I actually won the um, She Slime Plus from PAX last year for the photo contest that they were having. Oh, uh, nice. So, yeah, so I actually won that as well. But, I mean, I'm looking around my room, and I was like, I don't think I own one, like, American-based, like, Dragon Quest thing. It's either come from, like, eBay or, like, um, Plage or whatever. Like, yeah, you just, it, it's hard to get not, you know, non-Japanese um, stuff. Your uh, Perler Bead ones were made in America. Just yes. I don't think I've seen those. Were they which version were they? Like which? The, they're the Game Boy Color sprites. And he actually oh, also cool. made me a Super Famicom um, version of Airdrick that is at my desk at work. So, so I got some at home and I got some at work. But yeah, I, yeah, made in America. There you go. Boom. Cool. Glad <laughs> you take your requests because I've got one. I would. What do you What do you want? I want a a magnet of Magnet Man from Mega Man Three. <laughs> okay, we'll get you on the Mega Man episode and. Uh... <laughs> Why am I Mega suddenly Man thinking 3. of Inception? <laughs> <laughs> a magnet of Magnet Man only begets more magnets of Magnet Man. Yeah, I, the the thing is, like, I, you'd think that somebody would have that up on Etsy or, or, or Etsy or whatever. And and uh, I just, I haven't been able to find it. So I figured I'll pay Platy to make one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, apropos of nothing. Um, so we have a game called Marry Thwack Puff Puff. Platy, you want to take it? Sure. Um, I, I do have it here. And I got to make sure I read this with the uh, straightest face possible. Because you're all watching me, of course. Um so, our Dragon Quest Three edition, you've got three choices here. Marry, Thwack, Puff, Puff. I think you guys understand the uh, rules of the game. Yes. You get a soldier, a mage, and the third one goes a little bit, there's a little story here. It's a gadabout that has changed into a sage, and then further class changed into a fighter. <laughs> So, <laughs> are these all female, or are they male and female? I mean, because I have images in my head. <laughs> it can be whatever you want. Whatever you want. But, uh, yeah, so you got the soldier, the mage, and this person that's taken a long about way to being a fighter. An extremely mm. lucky magic-wielding fighter. Uh, all right, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I'll marry the fighter. Um, obviously, you know, they don't, they, they take their lives pretty seriously now, now they do, uh, you know, they, 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 they kind of slacked off in the beginning of the life, but you know, they got it together. Um, yeah. you know, the, I'm going to say thwack to the soldier because I don't want a, 
Well, I don't. I don't want to puff puff with those abs. Like, my God, have you seen those things? <laughs> and it's actually kind of funny because I have the Nintendo Power um, poster for Dragon Warrior Three, but mm. it's Nintendo Power. So instead of that scantily little bikini, the soldier is actually wearing like workout shorts. It's weird, but anyways. Flack, flack the soldier and puff puff the mage. I mean, sure. I mean, they're not bad looking, right? <laughs> oh, these answers always get me. <laughs> right? How about how about you? Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to echo Drippy on Mary. I would marry the class changed fighter <laughs> because I mean, that about sage fighter. Yeah. Why not? They're basic. They know what they wanted to do in life. They well, maybe like now they do. Said, <laughs> like you said, they started out a little bit off, but they turn into the literal epitome of, I'm trying to think of the word here. They turn into the epitome of everything you could possibly want in a class. And then they turn into what I consider the best melee class in three in the first place. So I'm going to have someone protecting me all the time. <laughs> nice. I would, nice. I would thwack the mage. They could just go right straight to Nadiria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a Dragon Quest V joke here, but yeah, no, I think that's uh, the entire four through six trilogy is Nadiria. But yeah, definitely. The, the old guy is just creepy, and the girl mage just looks. She looks too serious. In all of her looks, she's like, no, I want to kill things. I'm not interested in you. Go away. <laughs> she kind of looks like the traditional Halloween witch, right? With, like, the pointy yep. hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. pointy black hat, green, yeah. green and black robes, yeah. And I don't care which one it would be. I would puff puff that soldier. <laughs> <laughs> they are ripped, and they look like they know how to have a good time. <laughs> I can never remember if it's get a puff puff or give a puff puff when we do this game, but I guess it could be whatever you want. Oh, it's always get a puff puff. It's always think, get a puff puff. I don't think metal any of plates. the heroes could give a puff puff. <laughs> well, we're the heroes. Uh, then again, I mean, I haven't lost enough to not be able to give a puff puff, but, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> All right, and on that note, let's move to our main event here. Let's talk about Dragon Quest Three. Um, you know, I usually try to, when we do these games, give a brief one-minute overview of the game. Uh, I meant to kind of brush up on this, but like most Dragon Quests, you are a hero. And in this one, your mom kind of kicked you out of the house at age 16 says, hey, Kingy's got a quest for you. And this leads you to uh, going about the world collecting a bunch of orbs to defeat the big bad guy but there is a twist in this game hey um the big bad guy is not the end of the game um i mean i guess this is something that back in the day in the 90s when this was here this was this was a big thing i remember i played it it was like holy crap this isn't the end of the game and you end up back in dragon quest one world and there's more to do um We'll get into this, and hopefully this isn't too spoiler for everybody. The game's been out for 25 years. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that, so okay. Yep, Glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're spoiling all this, uh, you know. Spoiler alert after the fact. But um, that was just really cool. And you go through this, and at the end of the game, you find out that if you've played the first two games, you've uh, this has been a more of a lead-up than you would imagine. But you're Erdrick. You're... Lodo, you're whatever 
version of the game hero from one and two that you'd always heard about. You, you basically, this game is the prequel to going back before Dragon Quest one, hundreds of years before Dragon Quest one. So where it starts off as a, you know, just your normal Dragon Quest, Hey, go beat the bad guy. There is that mid game two third of the way through the game twist. Um, and there's definitely a payoff at the end for playing through it, um, especially if you played the first games. So uh, there's your maybe one and a half minute overview of the game. Sure. Liam, and this, uh, I mean, take it away. Yeah, this game talks about, uh, I mean, this this game is, it, it revolutionized the series with things like um, character classes, uh, class changing, uh, which went on to influence other releases like 6, 7, and 9. Um, this is the first Dragon Quest game where you can create your own support characters, uh, which we wouldn't see again until nine. Um, and it's the first appearance of Luida's bar as a mechanic for storing your support, your support characters or creating additional ones. Um, it's also come out in so many different ways. Uh, the NES, the Super Famicom, um, the Game Boy Color, uh, mobile, and then the Switch remakes. Um, the NES version being the original Super Famicom it was only available uh, for a fan translation. Um, Game Boy Color uh, came out a few years after the Super Famicom version um, and added an extra bonus dungeon to that. Um, the mobile version was actually the Super Famicom version stripped down somewhat, and they removed the monster animations. So starting with Dragon Quest VI, you had the monster starting to animate in battle, which was a really, really cool feature. Um, and then after six came out, um, Dragon Quest Three's remake uh, was released and had that same feature where now all of the monsters are animated. Uh, it was a really, really cool feature. I liked it a lot. Um, and then when the mobile version came out, they stripped that out for some reason. Um, Japan didn't get it. Uh, nobody got it. Um, and then every subsequent remake, including the Switch, was basically the mobile version with uh, some upgraded sprites. Um, again, the mobile remake takes out the uh, monster animations and the Pachisi tracks. Um, is, was there anything else that got stripped out of that? Do you guys know? Well, I'm actually playing the Switch version right now. And what they did with that was they kind of... I don't want to say Final Fantasy sixed it like they did with the Final Fantasy VI remake, but everything is crisp and clean, and it looks kind of weird sometimes because they updated the sprites and everything else. It's not really sprites. It's more like bitmaps and junk like that, JPEG images. There's no NES feeling to it at all. Oh, it didn't they upscale the sprites, but the backgrounds are still like SNES quality no the backgrounds the backgrounds actually are updated as well okay like the only thing that looks snes quality is the overworld map all right Hmm. this is like the only english release dragon quest i don't own yet um one day play is going to have a little bit of a sale and i'll pick it up but or it's just going to go super cheap on sale for the switch and i'll pick it up but my backlog's so big at this point i was like oh i play these games four or five times each Now, this was no. the same release. Didn't, didn't they release this on PS4 in Japan? Yes. Um, it's Is it the same version? Do we know? That's a good question. Well, I mean, aren't all these actually... They, they trace their roots back to a mobile version, like, before smartphones? Or early smartphone, isn't that? Why it doesn't have the animation and the tracks or something? Weren't these mobile before, like, 2017, 16? Mm-hmm. They actually came out on, like, the flip phones yeah 
and they just kind of updated them from there. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? So, the flip yeah. Phones, flip phones could, like, emulate, somewhat emulate a Super Famicom? Well, I mean, you look at Super Famicom, the, the games were, like, what, 4 megs? Maybe 16 megabytes? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would assume that, I, I can't imagine that the controls would be anything great, but... I don't know, I'm just trying to think back to my, my first, one of my early cell phones was a flip phone, and it was terrible. I can't even <laughs> imagine being able to emulate anything on it. But it could play Doom RPG, and therefore Dragon Quest Three. Hmm. All right. Well, there was also um, one thing uh, I missed actually talking about was the uh, Dragon Quest 25th anniversary uh, Famicom and Super Famicom Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 collection. And that came mm -hmm. off the, the Nintendo Wii. Um, did, did anyone play that? Is that did they have uh, monster animations or was that, the, was that a straight rip of the Super Famicom version or was that the mobile version of 3? I couldn't but tell you on that one. That was one of those Japan-only ones that no one's ever translated, no one's ever yeah, made the curious. effort to. Yeah, that's the only copy of the game that I actually don't own. I'm, like, looking at the list here, it's like, I got that, I got that, I got that. But that Wii collection, that's an expensive one. Um, and not knowing Japanese, I don't really feel like I should, you know, shell out to have a, a Wii box with a disc that really doesn't mean anything to me. So, <laughs> not really sure. What, what what kind of price is that going for online right now? I don't know. I think <sighs> I've seen it for probably upwards of a hundred. I mean, I had it on my watch list um, for quite a while. That's, uh, All right. All things considered, that's not that's not terrible. No, it's seen, not. Seen higher. <laughs> There's copies of like seven for PlayStation. Yeah. That are, so that there, are up there. there, yeah. There's one on eBay for seventy six dollars right now, and I mean, I got, <laughs> I got um, two, three, and four on the NES for I think it was like fifty bucks, and then for two of them, and then sixty bucks for another. But you know, at least I can play those and understand those and stuff like that. So you know, if it's it was kind of ranges in person, there. yeah. However, it does arrive before Christmas. <laughs> if anybody's listening and wants to buy me that for Christmas, go for it. Nice. All right. Well, um, one of the uh, speaking of all these remakes, you know, other than just adding monster sprites and adding the uh, Pachisi boards and the Game Boy Color version added those stupid little monster coins that were impossible <laughs> to get. Oh yeah, we, we we don't have to get too far into that. But uh, one of the things that <laughs> did add that all these versions added afterwards was um, maybe something just as pointless to some people, <laughs> a personality system. Um, mm. There was that quiz at the beginning that determined what kind of personality. And I, I very vividly remember it from the Game Boy Color version more than anything, but it, it asked you all these like moral questions and uh, it determined what personality your hero had and when you went to the bar to get people, they had personalities, and you could find books to change their personalities. Um, someone want to uh, talk about this and something that? Yeah, I, I have a, to them. <laughs> I have a kind of a story. Um, Earlier in the podcast, I had mentioned that uh, my first copy of Dragon Warrior Three. Well, I lost that copy one day because me being the stupid little kid, you know, didn't know how to play JRPGs. We've been over this, so I I was constantly restarting the game. And to 
in the personality quizzes, you know, your, your answers that you get, you get kind of a kind of a scene after. Like one of them is you you push a boulder and you can push it back to the old man and stuff like that. Uh, but one time I remember um, starting a new file and getting the one where you turn into a monster yeah. and uh, you're at the bottom of the well and you can basically you know you can kill the whole the whole city or you can just walk out. Yeah. So I'm I remember in the, that one. I'm in the car with my mom playing playing my Dragon Warrior three, and uh, I decided to kill an old man as the as the creature. And he uh, said something that I didn't really know what it meant. So I said, "Mom, uh, what does D A M N spell?" And that was the last <laughs> I saw of my Dragon Warrior three copy until <laughs> I bought a complete box copy for myself. So take that. I got it back. <laughs> wow. oh. Oh my! Uh, that's great. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I never really paid attention to the personalities. I know, like on my Switch version, uh, apparently the personality affects like when you learn certain spells. So my mage that was going to turn into a sage was taken forever to just learn, uh, like upper, um, you know, the the one that raises your attack. And I just said, forget it. I'm ch- I'm changing them to a sage. And it's like, you know, I never pay attention to, to natures and Pokemon or anything or or personalities in Dragon Quest. It's just nothing that really interests me. Yeah, I, I, I sorry, go ahead, play. I was going to say, I'm the same way with Trippy. We were talking about this the other day online, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, man, all those little, all those little in-systems like that, because, I mean, it affects your stats a little bit, too. You get a little strength boost or whatever, right, I believe? Yep, yeah. But, I mean, you, you level up once or twice, and it, at that point, it's... It's just like having an extra level or something here and there, and yeah, it, it never. Relevant. Yeah, I, I could grind a level faster than I could spend time worrying about what um, personality my mage was or mm-hmm. taking my sage to this or that. It was, it, it wasn't that big a deal that it was like, holy cow, I can go beat the boss five levels beforehand. So yeah, it was never that drastic. Yeah, you mm-hmm. if you either got four points in strength or three in wisdom. You know, and didn't really matter. Yeah, that's that's what a seed could do. Yeah. How about you, Ryu? You guys are completely wrong about the personalities. <laughs> we have a conflicting personality here. All right, <laughs> what do you think? Well, they govern your stat growth for the most part. If you have a hero, let's say, with a Paragon personality, like Drippy was talking about the character quiz at the beginning... If you go through the monster thing and you don't kill anybody, you're likely going to get Paragon. Paragon governs your strength and overall major stat growth and is perfect for a hero because you're going forward charging at everything. <clears throat> and then, of course, with Luita's Bar, or and honestly, I hate the new translation of it. I do. I they go way too far with the puns, but Patty's planning place. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you guys made your own characters, right? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it? It's Patty's party planning place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! That's even worse than. <laughs> yes. They one, let you one p more alliterative. <laughs> they let you use stat seeds to govern your character's growth. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you're making a thief. If you manage to get acrobatic, he's going to be perfect the entire time. And, like, a fighter, you give Mm -hmm. him strength and vitality seeds. You're going to want him to be, I think it's a hard man or whatever. Or brawny, I can't remember. I'd have to look back up the entire seed thing, but... uh, 
if you give them the right personality, their stat gross will go beyond the roof. Like both of my my priest and my mage, they have vim. Uh, not vim. They're witty. And right now, my mage has close to a hundred MP, and she's not even level ten yet. Wow. So that that brings up another question. Um, typically, uh, how do you how do you like to add seeds? Do you hoard them towards the end, or do you use them right away? At the very beginning of the game, I sell them. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I don't like the chance of them going. Okay, am I going to get one or three? One or three? I'll wait. A, I'm at, at the beginning of the game, I'll sell them to get the extra gold, and then later on, I'll hoard them and use them all on like a sage or a fighter. Yeah, but you could have hoarded them, you know, because you can't get them back basically unless you're unless you're using your thief class. Me. I'd rather have the extra gold. Okay. Yeah, I, use, I use them right away. Um, you know, and if, if it's strength, it goes to my fighter or soldier. If it's wisdom, it goes to my priest or sage. It, you know, I, I I don't see why I hang on. The, I've been hanging on to them in, like, Dragon Quest Eleven recently, um, especially Seeds of Skill, just if, you know, if I need the extra one or two to get the next skill that I want to get. But I tend to use them just right away. Yeah. How about you, Pletty? You know, I always have hoarded them, yeah. and I feel like I've finished so many Dragon Quest games with a bunch of them just sitting in the bag. So, <laughs> seriously, like, I'm like, oh, I won, and I've got six seeds of strength. So yeah. I have made an effort, like, the last four or five years, just, like, the second I get it, use it. Yeah. Because if I throw it in the bag, it's it's lost it's staying right. In there. I, right, right. Yep, it's staying I'm, there. I'll, I'll glance at it again, but I'll never click on it. I'm definitely a seed hoarder as well, just because you know you, you're doing class changes now. Suddenly that that seed is like you know downgraded as you lose half your stats when you play. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would I would hoard them until the end of the game. Of course, uh, I made the mistake in Dragon Quest Builders of doing that in Chapter One. I was like hoarding my seeds, and you can only you can't take, <laughs> you can't take any of them with you when you go to the next chapter. So. Uh, so uh, yeah, the, the first that first chapter was uh, was rough. <laughs> I found that out. Um, when I found that out, I just started using the seeds right away in every chapter subsequent. There you go. Good for you. So um, out of out of all the versions, which have you played? Uh, all the versions, just getting back to Dragon Quest Three, uh, which is you? Which have you played, and which is your favorite? Yeah. So I, like I said, I own almost all of them. I have files going on my Switch, my NES, mobile. Um, but uh, Game Boy Color, is that version is my favorite. And it could just be because, you know, Nostalgia Snake and stuff like that. But just kind of like what the 1 and 2 version on the Game Boy Color did. You know, it, it kind of picks up the pace a little bit. You level up a little bit quicker. Um, you know, it's it the quick save function, which is good for, you know, a mobile thing. I mean, because I remember playing in the NES version and okay, well, if I only have 20 minutes to play, I'll maybe get into a few fights because I have to trek all the way back to the castle. Um, and I just like the artwork of uh, the Game Boy Color the best. Um, so I, I'd, I'd say Game Boy Color is my favorite. That's mine too. I'll throw my two cents in there. I I remember I played plenty of times on the NES and uh, played the mobile. I have not tried the Switch version yet. But I, I I have a lot of good memories from the GBC version. What about you, Ryu? I'm going to be honest. Since I started playing the Switch version, I'm really liking it. 
I know that the original Game Boy Color had monster animations and some other stuff, but even though it's kind of jarring with how the Switch looks with the super crisp uh, sprites and stuff, mm-hmm. it just kind of hits me the right way a little bit. Nice. Did All they right. do anything to the music in the Switch version, like to enhance it, or is it post? Yeah, I think it's the orchestrated version now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of orchestrated kind of synthesized you just okay. heard it a little bit of combo mm-hmm. um so i i like the nes version um but i don't know that it's aged all that well um it has an interesting opening battle scene with ortega versus a dragon um but the pace of it of it is a little bit slow if you look at like if you just look at the long walk from Eliahan castle to the town you'll just notice how the pace hasn't aged well um, it wasn't until Dragon Quest VI that we started to see characters move slower on the world map and faster in towns or dungeons, giving that illusion of distance. Um, you know, if you look at Dragon Warrior 3's pacing, though, it's still a great game, but I understand why modern gamers would be more interested in playing one of the remakes. Um, but still, the, su- the Super Famicom version has um, the best graphics with uh, uh and i and i i hesitate to say that because i haven't played the switch version it has superior graphics to the nes and game boy color versions um and it has monster battle animations which i still think make it the best version to date since the mobile version every subsequent remake stripped that out um and i know the game boy color version has the extra bonus dungeon but it also has monster medals which like that makes it a, a lesser version for me because of that <laughs> and for those of you wondering about the monster medals we're talking about, when a you beat a monster, you had a random chance and got oh, it filled like one in a million. Random. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was an incredibly, incredibly small chance that you would generate a even a bronze medal. I was going to say there was three levels. There was bronze, silver, and gold. Yep. And then to get into that last bonus dungeon, you had to have all of them. Did you have to have just all of them, or did you have to have all of them gold? Because I was never going to spend the time I to figure that out. I don't think everyone, anyone ever got them all gold. <laughs> I know. You had to have all of them. You yeah. probably just had to have all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, to get into it. I know, I think Redneck Pride from Dragon's Den was talking about how he was someday going to go back and get all the golds, but I don't know if that's like one of those things you, you kind of talk about doing and then never do. <laughs> but we'll see. You can trade them and stuff with other copies of the game too, so it's like, you know, if you had a friend that had all of them, you could, I guess, technically trade, <laughs> but I mean... But the gold have... ones were so rare. How are you going to trade with someone? <laughs> oh, my God. I, and I know I don't even know how that system works. I mean, because I never had friends. But I also, <laughs> you know, I also have my Sorry to hear that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never got too into those. It's a cool concept. You know, yeah, the effort to actually get them. I don't think it's worth it. Okay, here we go. Live on the podcast. This is hilarious. Liam, you summoned Redneck Pride. I literally just got a video from him through Facebook Messenger. What? Not one minute after you said his name, a friend of him <laughs> on Facebook. Right. He sends all me right. funny little memes and everything every now and then, and all of a sudden my phone just dings. I look down. It's him. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, hey, I heard you guys talking about me. <laughs> that that would have been hard to do, but uh, I am going to tell him, hey, we just talked about you. Nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him if you ever got the... How, how is the gold medal collecting going? <laughs> we just brought you up. <laughs> and by the way, can you trade us all of your medals? Yeah. 
Let's start passing this around. <laughs> Did you ever get all the gold <laughs> uh, medals in DQ3? No, watch it. Like, I mistaken it wasn't him. It's like, I don't know. I've never played that game. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see what he says. All right, uh. So moving along, I know uh, Drippy wanted to make a comment about the uh, NES version. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I, and it was kind of a random thought, and, and I know Liam, you, you knew about this too. Um, the opening um, of the NES version of 3 doesn't have the classic overture, or, you know, the opening song, the, the alarm that I wake up to every single morning. <laughs> it is where it came from it's just it's really weird and and even the the um start screen is a little bit different i mean it's just this gray you know statue of a dragon it, it's kind of weird yeah um, yeah and definitely it stuck out to me when, when i got my nes copy yeah yeah i mean I, I think um for nes uh three and four have that same opening image of a dragon holding an orb with uh maybe with the NX logo and then Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, but but yeah, 3 3's uh for uh, Dragon Warrior 3 for the NES. Um there's a, a bit of an unsolved mystery of Dragon Quest 3 for who composed the opening music. Um because there's this very unkoichi Sugiyama like composition added to the NES logo uh localization for Dragon Warrior 3. Um, Flatty, can you can we uh, can we edit that in for a second? Yeah, I'm, I'll, I will put it here in the podcast. So if you hear the musical break around this time, uh, that's what it is. All right, and um, I, I asked some phone folks at Square Enix about this, and no one has been able to answer yet. You know where where that um, uh, that music came from? Most likely because none of them worked at Enix of America at the time. But uh, the opening theme does not appear on any Dragon Quest three soundtracks. Um, and I've owned and listened to quite a lot of them. Uh, it is not likely that Ko- Koichi Sugiyama composed it um, because of that fact. But if not, then who? Hey, uh, you know, maybe it was, uh, what is it, Maname Matsume? Maname Matsume. Yeah, I mean, she was writing for Capcom and uh, Mega Man, I think it was back then, around that time. Maybe she uh, gave a DQ a little yeah. try before yeah, uh, was... getting... Get, getting a bigger break 10 years, 15 years later with uh, Dragon Quest Swords. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that was on her resume when she submitted this to, <laughs> for Swords. Exactly. Once but, uh, wrote a 35-second opening. Yeah, I always feel like, you know, when I talk to people about this online, I always feel like Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. If you or anyone you know knows the whereabouts of the composer for the opening of Dragon Warrior 3, Call the number on your screen. Uh, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, there's no number on the screen, I guess maybe, maybe we can edit that in later too. Um, so there's a, a running theory, and this comes from Dustin Taylor from the Dragon's Den's Facebook page, um, and he writes, uh, Hayato Matsuo may have been the composer and arranger. The piece is simplistic and shows very strict, almost religious inspiration from the pieces found in 1 and 2. Matsuo worked with Sugiyama starting in 1991 and may have been tasked with a quick add-on for the localization. I can't find any definitive info, though, and it's clearly stated that in all dated interviews and magazines that Sugiyama did all of the music. Um, the step progressions in the later stanzas reek of Sugiyama's style, especially for fanfare pieces. I'd stake a bit of my life on it being cast off bit of writing that was left the wayside and added for the Western localization folk. Um, that's an interesting theory. I'm not sure I agree with the theory that it was like lost Sugiyama track um, because I just don't hear how it sounds like any of Sugiyama's style at all. And if it were, then how did it get left off the cutting room floor and not get on any of the multiple releases of Dragon Quest three soundtracks? Um, I mean, in the remake, they even added an, an extra track of music uh, for that opening scene where you're, they're asking you the questions that will make up your personality. So I'm I'm more inclined to believe the uh, Hayato Matsuo theory um, that for the localization, NX of America had someone else whip up a quick intro song for the game. But seriously, if you are listening to this and have factual information about how this music got into the game, please hit us up online let us know. You could help the fan base to understand a long-lost Easter egg for one of the most important games in the franchise. Yeah. That'd be uh, interesting to know. Uh, also interesting to know, uh, Liam, you were 100% wrong. <laughs> uh, What's that? Uh, I, I got message back from uh, Redneck Pride, and he's like, gold medals? You mean the Game Boy Color version of the extra uh, dungeon? <laughs> I never played through that version at all. <laughs> awesome. I'm completely wrong. Okay, it was somebody else. And he's like, I, mystery. Yeah. He, he he went on to say, he goes, damn, Mikey. He goes, yeah. I don't even have the gumption to do any of the all the mini medals in any of the games. So forget if that. You or anyone you know knows who Liam was talking about. Join me. Perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Uh, so one of the other things that about the NES version's game mechanics that differ um, uh, from any of the remakes was the loss of battle backgrounds. So battle backgrounds from the original releases were lost from Dragon Warrior 2 through 4, uh, being replaced with a simple black background, most likely to cut costs or save time for having to build logic that tells you, you know, tells where the arts on the map to ma like how to map match up the map with the appropriate uh, background image. Mm -hmm. um, and battle backgrounds, which haven't uh, been seen since the original Dragon Warrior, would not return until Dragon Quest V or Super Famicom. Um, so in all of the remakes, um, starting with... Not the Game Boy Color, though, right? Nope, Game Boy Color has, um, has blank, white, uh, white ones. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The Super Famicom version, um, which came out a couple of years before Game Boy Color, uh, had all all of the art um, changed depending on where you are in the map and everything including you know the swamps if you if you get attacked in a swamp there's a swamp background things like that um, so that that's one of the the changes that we saw in most of the most of the remakes um, the parry attack which Ooh, is this was fun yeah this is a fun thing to kind of research and talk about 
So uh, I guess I should preface this with um, the manual that came with the original Dragon Warrior 3 uh, was this l large, thick book that was ha contained a walkthrough of the entire game from start to finish. Mm -hmm. uh, everything, even even the uh, um, the close to the end game where you're where you find yourself back in in a left guard uh, is all contained in this walkthrough in the manual. And probably about three quarters of the way through is this little blurb, and this is available on Dragon's Den if you go to the Dragon Warrior 3 section, and uh, you'll see a PDF of the manual there. But on page 59, it says, Do you know you can reduce the potential damage enemies inflict by employing the parry-fight technique? So select parry, then press the A button to cancel the selection by pressing... Uh, Oh, right. select parry and press the A button. Cancel the selection by pressing the B button, and then select fight with the A button. By employing this technique, you can attack enemies while benefiting from the effect of parry. You may think the extra steps require a, nu a nuance, but this technique will be quite useful against strong enemies. Notice the difference, right? Uh, and then they have some screenshots of it to show you uh, to show you some differences, but. Um, this was, uh, was something that you could use to protect. You, you could do this at any point in the game, but they tell you in the, in the walkthrough of the manual, they tell you kind of three quarters of the way through, I guess, um, to give you something for a replay value. Um, but also, you know, at, at that point in the game, things are starting to get a little bit harder. This might've been a little bit more useful for something like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing this and I, I said earlier before we started recording the night that. I can't remember if I shared this story with Dwayne when we were doing Dragon Quest, um, the Dragon Warrior 2 episode, but I vividly remember, like, having a day off of school at some point in middle school, and, like, I spent the whole day just running errands with my mom, and we picked my sister up from fourth or fifth grade at the end of the day and dealt with her friends and finally getting home, but I remember in the morning we were at the mall, and I picked up, and I couldn't remember if it was Dragon Warrior 2 or Dragon Warrior 3. And this being in the manual and bringing this up in the past couple um, days and today, I am 100% sure now it was Dragon Warrior 3 that I got that day at the mall. Because I remember doing this, like, reading this and looking at this. Like, I feel my thumbs doing the muscle memory of attack. <laughs> or yeah. Of, like, down, down, parry, hit the beef to go back, pick right. your attack. Boom, boom, down to parry. Boo, go to back, go back. And it's funny that, like, um, was it you typed this in the notes or was it in the book that, you know, it'd behoove you to put one of your strongest guys in the back because your last character you can't do this for. Yeah, so so the, the the hero has too many menu choices. And this is, again, all of this parry, parry attack has to do with the uh, the NES origin the NES Dragon Warrior 3 version. Um, so the hero has too many menu choices once he learns his first spell. Um, and w when the spell comes in, it pushes your menu options uh, and the parry goes away. So if you have the hero in that first character slot, you he's not going to be able to parry. Um, so it makes sense to move him somewhere else in the party and put someone who has no spells like a soldier in the front um so that way you know the soldier has three menu options if you stick him in the front he has four 
because um, they add like I think Run is is the, uh, the the first character in the slot gets Run. Yeah. Um, so then it doesn't really make a lot of sense because the final character in your party, the fourth character in your party, hitting Parry would just initiate the battle round. So Parry attack is only going to work for those first three characters, um, and only the first character if you don't choose the hero. So stick the hero maybe in the back because he doesn't necessarily need parry attack. He might be the stronger. And then some of your weaker guys in the middle and then the soldier in the front um, would make the most sense if you're going to use um, use the parry attack uh, regularly. Mm-hmm. And see, I never, I never connected that, that I should put somebody stronger at the end. I was always like, well, screw you, dude, at the end. Uh, <laughs> good right. luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing about that is it looks weird, you know. It's mm-hmm. it looks very unheroic to have your hero in the back. Like Urd- here's Erdrick, he's tagging along. Once yeah, Ryu's dog agrees with me on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird because sometimes I put my soldier uh, in the first spot, and then I have my hero in the second, and everybody's kind of talking to my soldier, like. He's the hero, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I'm over here. Like, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do this in Dragon Quest Six. I always put Amos in the front the second I get him because... Yeah, the true he, hero, right? He is the true hero of Dragon <laughs> Quest Six. He's the knight in the armor, not that blue-haired punk-ass kid. <laughs> and that's the hill you're willing to die on. That is the hill I'm willing to die on with Dragon Quest Six. yep. Sorry about the dong. That's uh, okay. That's all right. Please so, tell me your dog's name is Moonbrook. <laughs> no, ac- actually, it's Jellybean. Oh, okay. That's just as good. <laughs> All right, so um, favorite class? Does, any, uh, does anyone have a favorite class or, or party? Yeah, I do. Um, so my favorite class uh, is the Sage. And, you know, for multiple reasons, I think it looks the coolest, um, you know, in the actual official art and stuff like that. Uh, and then the sprite works and stuff. Um, uh, you know, it's, they're just, they're just, I feel the best. I mean, you know, they're the prestige class and stuff like that. You know, you got the, the healing, you got the powerful attacking magic and stuff like that. Um, and so the party that I always go for, uh, I've taken to naming after my family. So I have uh, me as the hero, so Mike. Uh, I have a male warrior named Charlie. That's after my first cat. The cleric and mage are kind of interchangeable, but on my current playthrough, the cleric is my wife, uh, and then my mage sage is my other cat, Lucy. So, interchangeable, you know, but so I go hero, warrior, cleric, and then uh, my mage gets turned into a sage. Nice. How about you, Ryu? To troll an entire party of gababouts. (laughs) But... uh... (laughs) What I normally end up doing, and I'm new doing it on my current playthrough, is I have, of course, the hero, and uh, it's I I flip a coin every single time I play it. It's either going to be a thief or a fighter, and right now it's a thief, and then of course a mage and a priest. Eventually, my thief is going to be a sage, and I'm just going to flip the classes on the priest and the mage, because if you look at the artwork carefully you will notice that the sage and the male thief have the exact same eyes Hmm. so the male sage is a male thief who has reached enlightenment (laughs) or maybe it's a thief that stole a sage's eyes maybe but as far as 
as far as I see, I'm just following continuity. <laughs> Artistic continuity. There you go. I think I would probably go for Sage first and then Thief, so then you could have like a Sage who could steal stuff. But how can you have the Sage first from the get-go? Oh, from the get-go, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to start it off with a... a, a Book of Enlightenment or yeah, Scroll, in whichever version you're playing. Book of Satori or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... All right. I mean, on, on every uh, playthrough, I try to do something I haven't done before. Um, so, I mean, most recently, I, I class changed a level 40 gadabout to a sage. Um, typically, I'll do either like a soldier or a fighter to a sage for the strength and spell advantages. And then uh, a priest to a sage for the spell, for uh, specifically for like uh, higher MP for the sage. Um, but yeah, you, so you can class change in the game starting at level 20, but if you're trying to change a spellcaster and they haven't learned all of their available spells by level 20, um, you know, I tend to wait until around level 40, but that puts me around the time I have to fight Baramos. So it's a slow grind either before or after Baramos to get my characters back up to be able to tackle the harder monsters towards the end of the game. Um, so... It's uh, it's a tough call. I think next time when I'm I'm waiting to class change my spellcaster, I may try like a soldier to a fighter, uh, to a sage starting at level twenty for both the soldier and the fighter, and then stats get halved when you class change around forty would allow for more stat retention. But I think I would enjoy it more to change class change some sooner than closer to the end of the game. What what do you guys? What's your take on that? Like when when do you typically class change? I I. I'm kind of like Drippy. I, I don't class change very much. I've got my hero. Um, I'll either go soldier or fighter, and then I'll usually do mage and cleric, um, and then I will or priest, whatever version. But then I'll turn the mage into the sage, so I've got the two healers, and that's about it. I, I that's usually the only class change I'll do. Um, and I do it right away because when I'm switching them and I get the sage, I'm going to get all the spells anyway. So, but I mean, the, the few other times that I've like changed to have, try something different, try to have a, um, thief either early on or later on, I, I'll always do it right at 20. I'm way too impatient. I don't, um, I don't really max anybody out in games. I know somebody just started a post about that on the den today about, uh, how do you guys <laughs> feel about, um, maxing character stats and i was like uh i did it in dragon quest heroes one and nowhere else (laughs) yeah so we still got our asses handed to us by zoma when we (laughs) oh gosh yeah that game i i'm 99 across the board and it doesn't matter (laughs) i I, i'm never gonna platinum that yeah same here wonderful lovely piece of crap it's a good game it's lovely (laughs) i do love it but damn it but like yeah (laughs) that's That, Those last it, three final bosses are way overpowered. Uh, it is. And, and you know what? That's one thing I kind of like about Dragon Quest games. I mean, usually you, if you put in the time, you can get the high enough stats to be able to beat things. I mean, if if I can't figure out everything, and in Dragon Quest Heroes, man, my manual dexterity is not the way it, uh, some other people's are. So uh, I like yeah. my turn-based battles, and I like to be able to, if I invest the time, be able just to get strong enough to beat things and man heroes you can't do that (laughs) you can get level 99 and still get rolled by a couple of those so uh no i mean in dragon quest 3 it's a great mechanic i have used it in the past mainly i just use it to make my sage and move on i i I like my balance parties and i don't i I don't feel the game's hard enough that i even need to do that they really damn it the hell did i do (laughs) we hear you okay Really, 
if you think about it, I think they put the All Trades Abbey slash Dharma Temple in Dragon Quest Three way too early. Because by then, you're at the very least 18 or 19. You're going to automatically just want to go, oh, I'm going to change all my classes. <laughs> and then as you get further along, you realize you're missing vital spells and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into it a little bit more for spoilers, but uh, you change classes too early and the Archfiend will eat your entrails. <laughs> Feast on dying innards. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Liam, did you did you mention that when you change classes, you go back to level one? <laughs> no, but yeah, that definitely does happen. It halves your stats, um, so you're you're not just you're not quite as level one as you would normally be, but it does mm -hmm. bring you down a level one. But then the the good thing about that is, so you start off with halved stats of. Uh, whatever you change, you know, whatever you were before, um, and now you can level faster. You know, those first 10, yeah, 15 levels can, will 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 be much significantly faster uh, at leveling. So you'll you you start off half, and then now your stats are growing really quickly. And you know what Ryu said. I mean, especially when you get there and you're all excited to change classes if you want to. I mean, you got to watch out. You don't change like everybody's class all at once or suddenly you've got the hero and a bunch of level one guys <laughs> yeah, and it right. even mentions that in the uh game boy color like guide it's like yeah only change one or two people and then like explore the area right outside of all trades because i guess that's a good place to level up yeah. um but yeah i mean yeah if you go in there you're like oh man you know and, and you don't you're not paying attention or whatever and all of a sudden yeah you have four level one guys and a level I don't know, 12 or 13 zone. Yeah. So. Well, it, you can't class change the hero. So the oh, hero would yeah, still have yeah, like a jacked true. level, and then like everybody else would be kind of useless. Yeah, actually, I remember that now because there's a picture in the Super Famicom um, manual that I love. I love the art in those old manuals too, but it's Erdrick, and he has three three characters behind him. They all, you know, they have like a sign on them that says like level one. He just looks like really grumpy, like, oh, I have to like carry these guys around. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys later. That's a pretty funny picture. Oh, that's good. Be, be like the, uh, what is it, modern equivalent of being that overpowered person in an MMO that, ah, uh, <laughs> crap. I, 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 yep, I just got paired up with a whole level one group. Yeah. All of us joined to play like Dragon Quest Ten after this. Like that. <laughs> And we all hop on a Japanese server that we'd be the uh, level one. Yeah. <laughs> we go find Noaria and like, hey, help us. <laughs> We're running around in circles in the battle. Um, okay, so do you, do you want to talk about fan questions from social media? Yeah, we, we had quite a bit. We put this out, uh, I think, at the beginning of the week. We put it both on the Dragon's Den and uh, tweeted it out and got a lot of different things that people wanted us to talk about. So go ahead, Liam, if you want to read the first one. Sure, from... Uh, Mietnarium on Twitter. Uh, what improvements were made that ultimately make Dragon Quest Three pop probably the most well-known Dragon Quest game worldwide? And uh, I'm assuming they were talking about basically from two to three or from one to two to three. Um, I mean, for me, it was one. You got jobs, and that has become a staple of the series intermittently throughout. Um, you know, with three and nine and seven and six, had these character class and you could change them at points and you know another four games in the series would do that again later um the four-person party 
would become a thing because before that you had one and you had three and here you get that party and i think uh you know this is where you get that the beginnings of that typical jrpg you know you've got like your hero you got your fighter you've got your healer and you've got your mage like that that group of four would become pretty iconic after that yeah i use that kind of class really in any game uh, going forward, I make sure to always have kind of a well-rounded hero type where, you know, they can heal, they can attack with magic, and they can do pretty good damage. Then you have your tank or your, you know, your really heavy damage dealer and then two healers, um, you know, that, I, that's how I always stick to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I like the customization elements of it. The fact that you can create your own party and, and define how you want them to grow. Um, so Yeah, it gives a little bit more where where you have blank slates, you know, you can kind of Put a little bit more personal flair. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I always name my characters after you know people I know and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Pre-made characters, you know, in like eight or whatever, they're great. Um, but you know, sometimes it is cool to have just completely customized. You know, these these characters mean things to me. Yeah, Ryu, you you started to talk about before um, uh, when we were off record. You were mentioning that uh, that, that you had some of us in. Uh, uh, as characters in your game? Yeah, uh, actually, right now it's just Platy. I decided to make him my thief and named it Platinum. <laughs> oh, by the way, I was supposed to tell you, Ryu, um, you're not the only denizen out there playing Dragon Quest Three tonight. And apparently not the only denizen with a character named after me out there playing Dragon Quest Three tonight. Really? Yangus messaged me a little bit ago, and he's like, Hey, tell Ryu I see him playing online right now. I was playing before we started recording as well. <laughs> so, you know, just killing some time, killing some metal, some liquid metal slimes at Baramos Castle. No big deal. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm just leveling around Alahan. All right. So getting back to, uh, so from Lurok on Twitter, uh, what are some of your favorite concepts, characters, monsters, and DQisms introduced in DQ3 that, of course, you can still see in Dragon Quest games today? Puff, puff! <laughs> <laughs> Technically speaking, I think Puff Puff was in the original Dragon Quest yeah. One and Two in 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 the Japanese. Didn't make it over to the localization. Um, three is the first one we got. Dragon Warrior Three for NES was the first, and it was that iconic one where where you go into the dark room in in Asherum and uh, and then you the lights come on, and it's it's that uh, burly guy. What's his name? Roughneck with the uh, yeah. old head helmet on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they do that exact same thing in uh, Eleven, actually. Yeah, that's such a great homage. Also in the desert town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's hilarious because the dude's got big enough pecs that you know he probably could actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite monsters from the game, and it's a really random one. It's the Raven or the Stark Raven, mm. think they're called nowadays. But mm-hmm. I just remember that being one of the first monsters I saw um, just in the game. And it really kind of stuck with me. Like, that's a really cool design. And, um, yeah, so so it was really cool to see it back in 11. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like, because I think he's only in 3 and 11. Um, and maybe, is he in Swords, too? I kind of remember that animation where he picks up the skull and drops it on you. That would, yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't played much of Swords, but yeah, I think I do remember seeing him in there as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, and just, I know we made fun of it earlier, but, you know, parties 
Patty's party planning place, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was it meant that much that it's an actual place in the world now, you know, in Japan. And hopefully yeah. we were saying, hey, maybe in New York, you know, like to have something from a video game become, you know, a real life place where if I ever go to Japan, I mean, I have to go there. I feel like it's a place that every Dragon Quest fan should experience um, and all the pictures of it and stuff that I see, I'm extremely jealous. So, um, yeah. and, and I like that they kind of, you know, they have it kind of in nine um, and I know it's in the hero, you know, Pat, or at least Patties and, and heroes and stuff like that. So um, that's, that's pretty memorable to me. Yeah, definitely something hmm. that carries over between games. Maybe carries over in between game series as well, because something just popped up in my head. One of the earliest monsters in Earthbound was a raven. Yep, yep. I love Earthbound too, so <laughs> it's pretty cool that you brought that up. But, but I mean, yeah, with Earthbound, I mean, it's on Earthbound podcast, you know, it, it kind of made sense that, yeah, a, a crazy raven, you know, in the little hometown would be attacking you. It's Stark Raven Mad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so from Mark in Austin on Twitter, what factors contributed to its tepid reception in North America? What would you have done differently if you had been in charge of decision making with the original NES release in the West to maximize its chance for success in that era. You slap either Final Fantasy or Legend of Zelda on the sticker, and then when people plug it in, they go, wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> just to get the sales. I mean, I think it was kind of doomed from the start. You know, people just weren't interested in console RPGs yet, especially long, sometimes grindy uh, JRPGs. I, I just think you really couldn't have done anything with it. And, um, you know, with the Game Boy Color and stuff, yeah, you did some improvements. You put it on a handheld thing to, I mean, kind of streamline everything. But even then, you know, how many people were going to pick up this third game of a series they've never heard of? I mean, I swear to God, my mom only got it because she thought the cover looked cool. You know, and thought, oh well, he likes Pokemon and stuff like that. He'll probably like this game. Uh, I, then, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that one, especially with the Final Fantasy thing. I mean, look at the, um, what is it? The Mana Games came out as what Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the first one though. They're just the first one. Yeah. I know the uh, first three Saga games came out as Final Fantasy Legends, right? One, yep, two, and three. I was- I was just looking mm-hmm. at that the other day. Yeah, they're Final Fantasy games, but they're not, you know. But yeah, they're not. Final Fantasy on it, and it's going to sell. Well, yeah, yeah that was a... Moogles in, in the... In the um... In the Seiken Detsetsu uh, uh, Final Fantasy Adventure game, so like there was some tie-ins there. I didn't play the Saga games. Were were there any fun, like Chocobos or or anything like that or Moogles? I don't believe so. And actually, I've just listened to like three podcasts this week about those because uh, Angus, the legendary bandit, and I are getting ready to uh, play Romancing Saga two together. And listening, so romantic. oh come yeah, on, it is the romancing <laughs> of the two twinsies. It's the saga of romancing twinsies, yeah. um, too. Um, but listening to this stuff and hearing stuff, I even listened to I was listening to a Retronauts um, episode, and they were going into it all, and they said they were going way back, and they're like, you know, this was actually a very concerted effort by um, Square at the time to market their games and try to like bring a lot of Japanese games over here as Final Fantasy. They're like, you know, people didn't. In the late 90s, we weren't all on the internet looking up game history and reading reviews and watching YouTube 
um, from that. So they could have brought anything over, slap Final Fantasy on it, and we would be like, oh, it's Final Fantasy. Now, obviously, you know, this was Enix at the time, not Square, so they didn't have that opportunity. But, I mean, I remember in, like, 2005 or something, one, yeah. one of the first times when I came on the den, I was like, you know what? Uh, I It would hurt my heart a little bit, but if it got it more popular, I wouldn't care if Dragon Quest in the West just became Final Fantasy Quest or something like that. Mm. And it'd be completely different, but that name on it would just... Sell it. Sell it, yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, they, they actually uh, they did do some Final Fantasy crossover promotion with Dragon Quest Eight in 2005. Um, yeah. They had the, the, the demo disc for Final Fantasy XII, right? Was included yeah. with Dragon Quest Eight, so if yep. you, a lot of people actually ended up buying that game specifically to get the demo disc. I hear that a lot in videos about Eight. Uh, you know, people always mention the demo disc for Final Fantasy, and I think it was Clint of the Gray Wolf. He's talking about it, and he's like, "Yep, I was one of the people that did it." I mean, people yeah. you see Final Fantasy, it just sells stuff. Yeah, which is hilarious because I didn't touch that demo at all to this day. I bought for Eight. I did, and then I got Final Fantasy twelve, and that is, uh, I've listed that in a couple different places as my biggest gaming regret. Screw that game. <laughs> so there's pluses and minuses to, uh, there you go. to the crossover promotion. Um, all right, from Mega Silver X one on Twitter, uh, you could talk um, about the improvements and changes of Dragon Warrior three made from Dragon Quest three, like an intro, redrawn character sprites, and more music. There was an extra track uh, that we mentioned earlier um, that was added to um, the personality quiz. Um, and that, I believe, was new music that had not uh, been in the original NES version or any like uh, Japanese or US release uh, before it came out on Super Famicom. And that was starting to be added now to the... Uh, orchestral soundtracks as well um other than that is there any improvements we haven't mentioned yet already you know now that you mentioned improvements in the mobile versions there is a couple things that they took out that really kind of confused the hell out of me when they did it and that's the actual pre like the pre-intro from three where it oh, shows right. yeah. ortega going all over the world of alihan and uh the battle with him in front of the volcano and stuff i mean they even put that in the super nintendo version but it never showed up in the mobile version Again, i don't, don't remember even... ortega going around a left guard i only remember the battle no he he actually goes around alihan at least in the not alihan whatever you call the world of dragon the dragon quest 3 world oh, okay. because you know there's that one town where you get his earth? helmet <laughs> yeah earth, right. uh, yeah it, it's earth yeah, <laughs> Might yeah as well we be. did forget to mention that no i mean if you look at all of the shapes of the land they look like different continents from earth but and i mean like egg and bear is like is like the uk but i mean in dragon quest 3 in the gba version the actual intro of it shows him getting this helmet from this merchant ah so that's that the difference then because uh -huh. you're talking about the you're talking about the the uh, game boy color version has a different intro than the nes version and um, the super nintendo yeah, I, version because i just restarted the nes version to uh um to take some screenshots of the um the menu the battle menu changing and um uh, yeah it, it starts off immediately with him 
like uh, Ortega fighting the dragon. Um, and it's a cool little animation um, going on that, you know, you don't really get to see a lot of in the game ever again. Um, do we know if that was in the Japanese version? I'm not sure that it was. Hmm. I never played the Japanese version. I don't know if that if that part was in the original Famicom or if they added it to the NES version. I have a feeling that I read that somewhere that it, that it's only in the US. But if if I'm wrong again, like I was about Redneck Pride, please feel free to uh, <laughs> sign on. Go to YouTube comments. Another unsolved mystery. We're just racking them up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, from Aust Nerevar on the Den. Um, I would like to hear about how the Pachisi TNT Sugoroku in DQ3 is the best thing ever, and how it should be included in every DQ game, nay, every video game. I'll accept that. Uh, I only did it, you know, once or once or twice. Well, I only won once or twice, but I made sure that whenever I got a um, like a TNT ticket, I made sure to hang on to it. And you know, if I came across a new board, all right, I'll give it a try or two. Because um, yeah, there were some pretty good items and stuff like that. And you know, going back to it, yeah, it kind of makes me want to play Fortune Street. But then again, I don't know how to play that, so whatever. <laughs> now, the, these boards were in Dragon Quest Five. Is that the only other one they were in? Were they in five? I, I thought they were just in three. I believe they were in five and yeah. six. Uh, yeah, because I do remember, I think, playing one on the DS version. Oh, like of one of those, five or six. Oh, oh yeah, they were in the remakes, but not the original no. Correct. Yeah, I, I know they were in the um the five one because I remember I had played five completely through in Japanese. I had a uh, emulation card at the time when those were coming out in DS, and the four one I was able to. It had the English text, and somebody the day of release turned that on, so I was able to play that in English the day it came out in Japan. But Dragon Quest V didn't, and I ended up playing through the whole darn game just to play with Deborah um, in Japanese. I was like, oh, I know enough Dragon Quest V that I can get through this. And man, <laughs> not knowing anything, I was like, oh crap, I don't know if my <laughs> strength just went up or <laughs> I just lost 100 strength or 100 gold. I really don't know. Um, sure, Deborah's throwing me down, but it's in Japanese. Yeah, I, I had no clue. But I know there was like a really, really big one in that one that was opened in the bonus dungeon. And gosh, I must have played through that like 20 times trying to beat it. Because there were specific prizes for beating those in Dragon Quest V DS. When mm -hmm. you got to the end, there was a specific item that you could win just once. You could keep playing the board if you had the tickets or whatever. But Yeah, the TNT stuff, I mean, because the tickets were limited, right? Like Correct. You, you couldn't. You, there's a limited number of tickets that you can play, so there's a limited number of times you could play. Mm -hmm. And there's a possibility that you could burn through a ticket and then land on something that like lowers one of your stats. So That or just definitely... kicks you out of the game. That was always the worst for me. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like a the trap end. door opens up and you're just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it, yeah. Come on. There's some anxiety going on there with playing these. <laughs> and then at the end where you need to get the specific number on the die or like, you know, you'll go to the end, but you'll get like if you need to get two, but you roll a three, you'll actually start going backwards. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh -huh. definitely anxiety inducing. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. My wife does that with certain games with my kids, board games. She's like, oh, no, you got to roll just there. And I'm like, and when the kids, they like playing with me because I'm always like, oh, you got to the end. You win, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You made it. You're good. I'm like, I I, I don't want to draw these games out. If we're sitting there playing sorry or something for like 45 minutes going around the board, nailing each other. I'm like, no, you made it in the safe zone. You're good. They're like, but mommy says. And I'm like, yeah, well, you play with mommy one way. You play with me another I'm a little bit more forgiving, and maybe that comes from too many times going backwards in the in the TNT, the cheesy tracks in the TNT. Yep, went backwards and falling into a trap door after you oh. lowered your stats. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be horrible. So, uh, what was uh, and this is the biggest spoiler of all, but hey, I said it earlier in the episode, so wait, <laughs> <played> everybody. <laughs> What did you all feel like when you reached the end of the game and you found out you were Erdrick? You had been playing as Erdrick this whole time. So I have a tendency before I play a new Dragon Quest game to look up information about it, watch video reviews and stuff like that, get a get a real sense of what people think about it. And so that was spoiled for me. Um, but it was kind of good because it kind of added to my love of it because, you know, you... I'm a sucker for like origin stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and just to know that I'm Airdrick, I'm the guy they're always talking about in one and two, like, this is awesome. You know, it, it's just, it, it just really, it, it made it better for me kind of knowing that, um, you know, yeah, it would have been cool if I had figured that out um, by myself, but I mean, I, I was fine with knowing it going in. Mm-hmm. And now we've made sure that many other people are going to know this going <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, and like, and I like it so much that that's what my tattoo is. It's Erdrich Shield and Erdrich so- uh, Sword. So, like, I I'm just in love with that guy, uh, basically. <laughs> nice. I I thought you were saying I thought you were saying you got a tattoo of the spoiler. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got a tattoo yeah. that says I am Erdrich. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the biggest asshole tattoo to get. Would just be like spoilers for major movies all over well, your body. <laughs> People came in and thought it was a Legend of Zelda shield and sword, so I told them, no. Oh. <laughs> yes, the Legend of Zelda Dragon Quest. The le- yeah. You should play it. It's the uh, turn-based Zelda game. The Legend of Dragon Quest. Well, if you think about it in Dragon Quest, I'm not sure which one it is, one of the NES ones. But you know how in Zelda... No, no, crap, crap, crap. I think I know what you're talking about. No, I think it was Final yeah. Fantasy with the... Oh, ah, the tombstone. Yes. The tombstone. Yeah. yeah. Here lies Link. I swear, one of them eventually said, "Here lies Erdrick." Or I think the original Japanese was "Here was Here lies Link," and then when it was localized, they did "Here lies Erdrick" mm-hmm. as an like an homage to uh, to Dragon Warrior. At the time. And then, but I think later, like remakes have gone back to Link. Like I want to say, if you play it on the Switch store, it'll say Link now. That makes sense. Yeah, because I mean. Yeah, they're not going to rip their own series now. It's, it's one company. Yeah. I mean, at, at the time, yeah, they were... What yeah. is it? Final Fantasy 1 came out after Dragon Quest 2, in Japan at least. So Was it in development at the same time as 3? Because yeah. there's similar kind of class feel to both Final Fantasy 1 and Dragon Warrior 3. Correct. Dragon, uh, um, Dragon Quest at, 3. Dragon Quest 3 in Japan and Final Fantasy 1. I want to say they were a couple months apart. Okay. Um, I remember hearing that on a couple other different ones. Um, I think Austin talked about it at one point, and they were like, well, which one came out? And they looked it up, and they were like, oh, no, Final Fantasy beat them by a couple months. But, I mean, it was they would have been very similar. Yeah. yeah, there would have been a development at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, All definitely. Right. 
So I mean, when uh, I mean, we talk about the the spoiler. What you how you felt when you found out you were Erdrick. Um, I I kind of had I I guessed because like right after right after you beat Baramos, you're dropped into a dark a dark version of a left guard, and just hearing that music, you're like, holy crap, here I am back in a left guard. But nobody's taught you know. Whereas originally, everyone's talking about the descendant of Erdrick. Now nobody knows. Nobody's saying anything about Erdrick. So that was kind of a first like major clue right there. You know, so I wasn't actually surprised when they turn around and be like, you are Erdrick. It's like, all right, uh, you know, the sword. Sword of Kings is not called Erdrick's Sword, and you're building it you're from scratch with Oracalcum. So, you know, you, you they drop all they drop a lot of hints um, about about who you are in this game towards the end. Um, so I wasn't completely shocked at that. Uh, what I thought was a little silly was that they they were they call you Erdrick like a title. You know, like we, you were given the decree of, of Erdrick. I forget the exact like wording of it in in the NES version, but do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I do know that, and I've heard debate about that too. Is it a title, or is it you get a completely new name? Well, not to spoil something from another game, but that name <laughs> comes up again. Right. Yep. Type, you know, so it's I I see it as a title, like an honorific. Yeah. Congratulations! You are now the Erdrick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Erdrick. <laughs> no, no, no! Congratulations! You are the Erdrick. Right. Save world, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go with English there for a minute. Sorry. So, Ryu, what about you? What, what, were you surprised when you uh, when you found out that you were Erdrick? Uh, I was and I wasn't. I'm like, yay! I'm a I'm a superhero now. <laughs> and then... someday I'll be in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as I saw the name pop up in later games, I'm like, huh. Oh, okay. did you play three first? I, I played one first. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, so I'm Loto. Great. I never really played two until the mobile versions came out because I got pissed off at my one and th- one and two cartridges as I spoke mm-hmm. of earlier. Mm. Two is a good one to get pissed off about. <laughs> <laughs> Those are back to the unblockable death spells of Roan. <laughs> Goodbye, party. <laughs> uh Alright, and I'll be, I was very surprised. I played all of these as they came out in English, you know, back in eight, late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah, that was pretty, like, jaw-dropping for me at the end. Like, holy crap. I, I, I have said it before, I am not the most cerebral of game players, so, uh, Liam, you might have had it figured out. I was just like, wow, I'm back where I am. I would, I, I've been here before a couple other times in this world and i wonder why i dropped here oh let yeah. me go beat this guy um well, in a different position again yeah <laughs> it's always <laughs> in a different position right well then i i guess I, we talked about this before but builders kind of answers that you know mm. if reconary if <clears throat> were destroyed so many times by monsters and just rebuilt mm-hmm. so it's feasible that in dragon dragon warrior 2 suddenly breconary is like on the left side it's like west of uh tantagel mm-hmm. whereas i think in the original game it was uh it was northeast it just makes me kind of wonder what they'll do eventually for the dragon quest threes i mean for the dragon builders three eventually. oh yeah dragon quest builders three what could they do that they haven't done so far though that's a good question because the series itself starts with um like the concept of and i i don't know if the answer is in two but the concept of like if you join the dragon lord in one and that happens after three 
So is two, and maybe you guys, uh, if you've played two, Platy, you've played two more than I have. Do you know if it's the same universe or as one, or is it a separate timeline in general? It, you know, I, I mean, I beat it. But again, I guess I should go with my uh, little asterisk. I'm not the most cerebral. It <laughs> it was set after the events of two, just like the first one is set after the events of one. Yeah. But whereas one was a what if scenario, mm-hmm. two was just okay. The events of Dragon Quest two happened, and many years later, this was going on. Okay, it, so no mention of builder in one. Yeah, so one, one was more like an alternate history, uh-huh. two was just a continuation. All right. So, I mean, Dragon Quest Three. I mean, they could really do whatever the heck they wanted if they focused on the original land. Yeah. You know, think about that. Maybe set it as a prequel to Dragon Quest Three. <gasps> And it's so end, large, though. Maybe, but like, yeah, you got the whole yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many towns and and towers and and um, and castles and everything. So, like, how how <laughs> that would be a huge game if they were to try and fit all that in. Maybe you start out as Ortega's dad, <laughs> <laughs> descendant of Ortega, an ancestor of Ortega. You know, ancestor. Yeah, ancestor of Ortega. So, and then that that could flip it around instead of you know dragon quest builders one being the after dragon quest one alternate whatever and two following afterwards but maybe three could be before even you know follow that prequel you know kind of timeline not only is dragon quest three a prequel but we're going to make dragon quest builders three a prequel to a prequel all right square enix i hope you're listening and taking notes on this (laughs) yeah i think i got lost in that one you you lost (laughs) me when you start going pre pre sequels prequels right (laughs) Just make a good game. (laughs) Maybe this is a good time to start wrapping it up then. Anybody (laughs) want to, uh, anything we did cover that anybody wants to say about Dragon Quest 3? You want to start off Ryu? Kind of any last thoughts you have about the game? Well, no spoilers, but, uh, I'm honestly really glad in the mobile versions they didn't take out all of the bonus content. To be perfectly honest, I'm one of the few people that hated the monster medals. Well, I think we all. Yeah. No, I hated. I hated them too. And I hated the fact that the one of the that the secondary super boss dungeon was locked by them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. because the the RNG for generating the or for dra- getting a monster metal drop was just so god awful that to get all of those monsters for anyone who actually did that and got to the bonus dungeon, you are uh, a trooper. the grind is strong with you no no there's only one thing i can say for that nerd (laughs) to copy team four star there nerd i think that's the first nerding we've had on the podcast (laughs) hopefully not the last i'm sorry but i could not imagine the kind of grinding that it would take to actually do that oh yeah everyone that did it used the game shark (laughs) <laughs> you like if you didn't. imagine if it really was redneck pride and he just wanted to back out of of uh of having said that <laughs> I said that but man i didn't do it <laughs> i'm gonna have to go scour the den and find out who that really was that said that so i remember seeing that post and be like oh man that's never gonna happen no one's gonna yeah. grind all gold monster metals legit without game sharking it yeah um but yeah the the two call outs um this has my second favorite 
bit of music in it, which is the Phoenix Phoenix Ramia theme, uh, Heavenly Flight, uh, which was reused in Dragon Quest VIII and I think a handful of other games, maybe, um, I think maybe Heroes 1. I think like 11 kind of has a little bit of a remix of it, Um, but again, there's people with better ears for music than I, Um, but yeah, I I love that song as well. Yeah, and... um, uh, the other shout out is that uh, my handle on the den, Liam Land, actually comes from this game because as I'm as I'm paging through the manual, all of a sudden I get to this frozen chunk of land where the the re- where rests the egg of the Phoenix Ramia, where you have to bring all of the uh, the orbs, um, and it's called Liam Land. And I was like, "Wow, my name's in a game, and I like That's... this game a lot." So that, I never I... realized that. That's awesome. Yeah. So years later, they got that. yeah. So years later, that that became my uh, my dragon stem. And actually, that was my old Enix forum um, back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, that was my handle there too. Yeah, I would just say, you know, I I think if if you're telling newcomers which game to play, you tell them 11, 8. But I think you can fit three in there as well. Um, it's a different kind of game from eight and eleven. You know, with those ones, it's you have your your pre-made characters and stuff like that. You have your skill trees, but I don't know. I just think three is really a unique one in the series, and um, you know, really unique for its time. And, and I think it's definitely worth playing. Probably not the NES version, um, right? You know, if, if I had to yeah. recommend, you know, the Game Boy Color, um, you know, maybe if if you Maybe do the Super Famicom. You know, I really, I don't think you can really go wrong with any of them. Um, but I would I would say probably Game Boy Color is, is the one to try. I personally love the Super Famicom version, so I would say that just for the the better, um, more enhanced graphics and um, and monster animations. Mm, yeah, definitely. I can, yeah, I can I can definitely see that too. But the easiest version to get if you own a Switch is probably going to be the Switch version. So. Yeah, and the cheapest too. I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot of repro cartridges for three on eBay and stuff like that. And you know, the legit ones are are getting up there in price. So yeah, yeah. definitely. And and I mean, it seems like everybody's going to have a switch at some point. Hey, you know, drop what twelve bucks on it. It's yeah, definitely, definitely worth a try. Do you really mean that mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a switch at some point? Even me? I mean, they're what 40, <laughs> 45 million? I mean, ugh, I don't know. It seems like every every time they announce new numbers you know it's um, like, hey. yeah i'm just waiting for some available cash which hasn't been around in a while and then yeah. i was even looking recently to see if i could get maybe a secondhand one in japan see if it'd be cheaper and yeah, uh the 11, the 11 version <laughs> one with the blue joy cons my god oh yeah love that <laughs> yeah that would be amazing that's kind of like buying two or three switches to get that one though it's very expensive all righty did you um drippy did you have anything else you wanted to add no i you know i, I just yeah again play play dragon quest 3 play dragon quest but yeah. play dragon quest 3 in general yeah it's a really good one even even as a starter if you're looking for classic ones um i'd say 11 is a fantastic starter as well um but if you're looking for a more kind of traditional classic game, you can't go wrong with three, four, or five as a starter. Oh, definitely. Probably yeah. in that order. Exactly. Exactly. Woo, man. It is getting late. Yep. <laughs> and by the sound of the yawn. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that, that was perfectly well-timed and not planned at all. <laughs> and now he's going to be editing until two in the morning. So. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, probably you got 15 minutes to edit this thing. <laughs> oh, geez. 12.45. <laughs> All 
All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Um, this is it. This is the end of our episode of Slime Time number nine. We do want to thank Drippy Slime Star and Ryu, um, a.k.a. Matt Craft, for joining us to talk about Dragon Quest Three. Thanks so much, yeah. Drippy and Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having us. It, it was really fun doing this. Yep, it really was. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Ryu, welcome back to uh, Slime Time iteration next one. Version 3.0. So, yep. We're on, th- we're 3. on version 3.9. 3. 3. <laughs> 3.09? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows how long we might go. We'll but see. Um, we'll see. You might all have noticed out there that the only time we mention Patreon on here is when we say we don't use it. Um, we are just some longtime fans that want to speak about the game series we know and love so much. If you have some money you would like to donate, though, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at www.wudis.com slash den and click on support this site um big shout out recently to frankie who recently donated to the den don't know frankie if you did it because of us but uh we like to think you are out there listening to us um Woodus has owned and maintained that dragon's den site for now 20 years and he would appreciate any donation um you can also use his amazon affiliate link to make purchases um especially for the most recent game dragon quest 11s um perhaps any other game he's got tons of them on there if you go on the website if you just look down the whole right side he's got affiliate links to pretty much any game that you can still buy new from amazon and if you are an advertiser and you're looking for a hip new podcast to spend lots of ad revenue on reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com for example this episode is brought to you by Unsolved Mysteries, a show that's been off the air for 20 years. <laughs> if you have any comments or questions for us, you can find us on Twitter at platym 3 or at Riamu Celestrian, or hit us up both simultaneously at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining DQ forums still around. Uh, find it from Dragon's Den main page at www.wudus.com forums. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, like Brian, a.k.a. Woodus, for his support of the series and this podcast, and keeping the Dragon's Den's lights on for decades. Thanks to Amanda Laprie and the Descendants of Erdrick for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Descendants of Erdrick is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard, check them out in their most recent album, Advent, on www.descendantsoferdrick.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrick or go see their band leader Amanda Laprie live on tour as a guitarist for Andrew WK. If you're a fan mm-hmm. of Descendants of Erdrick, also consider donating to help them get their touring van back up and running. They had some trouble with it lately and had to cancel some of their shows on their winter tour as a result. Um, they're good people and doing good work, so feel free to head over to their site and donate if you want to help them get back on the road. Our thanks also to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist and Dragon Quest fan, for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of the Slime Time podcast, and he was on, um, was that, I think, episode three? He was on a few episodes back. Four, sorry, episode four. Um, You can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website at DwayneBullock.BigCartel.com. And if you're looking for more DQ podcasts, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Please also check out our fellow Dragon Quest podcasts available like Puff Puff Hour and Dragon Quest FM. Definitely. They're all doing great work. Bye, everyone. Have a good night. DQ Slime Time signing off. 